spaceship sound. <laughs> Welcome to the Stateside Podcast. My name is James Macmillan with your co-host, Neil Engel. Not ready. Hey, Neil. Hi. (laughs) And your trusted producer, Andrew Carrion. What's up, Drew? Hey, yo, boo-boo. Yo. Uh, Tonight, we have a guest, uh, Josh Bowman. He's part of the Stateside roster. Josh lives in Toronto, working as a mix engineer, producer, and uh, an all-around badass guy. Uh, Thanks for being on the show tonight, Josh. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me excited to talk absolutely yeah it's uh it's funny i've been representing josh for i don't know a few months now when did we officially start working together it's probably been it's been over a month for sure yeah that's so it hasn't even been a couple months that's so funny you're a busy guy so it makes it feel like i'm doing a lot yeah a lot (laughs) well you know lots of lots of movement all over the place all the time (laughs) yeah that's that's right um well yeah so uh yeah f- welcome to the show and I, what i was gonna say is you know w- i haven't known you that long but i feel like we talk so much i mean nearly every day we're either texting emailing or getting on the phone and i never see you so this <laughs> is pretty cool to actually have you <laughs> on <laughs> skype where we can actually see you you mean you've never seen what he looks like before i i definitely know what he looks like via pictures and, and instagram but and all the dick pics and all the dick pics he yeah. sends me <laughs> obviously that's on my other phone uh, <laughs> yeah um this is a filthy show josh just so you know so feel free to <laughs> cuss and make fart jokes and dick jokes because we're certainly going to all isn't right. that right boys i mean i'm always naked by the end of it so yeah and we usually drink, which reminds me. Hey, Drew, can you pass me a beer? Yeah, no problem. Thank you, man. Um, for the listeners, um, obviously, we, we know you on our end. But um, for the listeners, if you could, Josh, give a, a quick bio on who you are, how you got into music, kind of the beginnings and, and the, the story of Josh Bowman, the producer and mix engineer. Yeah, for sure. So uh, I'm Josh, obviously. I'm from Vancouver originally. Um, I started in music, actually. I started in school band, as a lot of people do, you know, when I was really young. Uh, eventually started playing drums, played in a few different, you know, garage bands. We did Nirvana covers and played a Perfect Circle tunes and all that kind of stuff. And uh, from there, the band kind of wanted to start recording, so I was the nerd of the group. And, you know, got into that and learned that one of the one of the guys' bass player, or dad was a bass player, so he had an old console in his basement and uh, figured out how to use that, started recording the band. And then fast forward several years, I've been doing a lot of learning on my own as a teenager, went to audio school in Vancouver at the Art Institute. It used to be called CDIS out there, but AI bought it out the semester before I started going, which is a whole interesting offshoot. Um, right. And yeah, from school, I ended up getting a job at a big studio in Vancouver called The Warehouse, where I was kind of went up the food chain in the traditional sense. I was a runner for two or three years, which is a long time for anyone that's worked in a studio, but just no one moved around there's the assistants that had been there for a decade and it's a good job so stuck it out there eventually became an assistant staff engineer um at that point i was doing a lot of engineering but not like the higher up the food chain i went the less days a month i was working because in that studio mo- most people brought outside engineers like at that level it's all pretty high-end stuff and they have their own guys they fly in from la or whatever so mm-hmm. uh to offset that i started doing a lot of events work so i did live sound for front of house for several venues um I did, like, there's a 
you know, medium sized like thousand seat theaters and that kind of thing and like all sorts of just not music theater all that kind of stuff and then eventually um, got to the point where Vancouver just wasn't really cutting it work wise there weren't enough bands and so came out to Toronto and I've been here for four four and a half years now and it's been amazing and uh, just mixing all the time and I think this year I was just telling James I do a breakdown I'm pretty nerdy with like spreadsheets and things I checked out my year <laughs> and it's about 82% mixing this year which is really exciting because that's kind of been my goal is to do primarily mixing and every year the last five years it's been more and more and more um, Hell yeah! about a decade in to doing this professionally I guess maybe 10 or 10 or 12 years um, and yeah so just lots of mixing a bit of producing a bit of mastering working with lots of people in Canada, lots of people in the States, international clients and you know, everything else in between. Yeah. That's great, man. That's, that's fucking rad. So, so how, so how did you, how did you go from whatever percentage of mixing up to 82? Is that what you said? Yeah. <laughs> that's the, it's so, like, so, 81 yeah, so if that was something. your goal, yeah. So how, how did you, what were some of the things you did to, to achieve that through the years? I mean, from the beginning, just from peers and teachers and everything, they've mixing's always kind of been I've just been good at it from the start. Like my I listen to mixes from when I was in school and they're not terrible. I wouldn't release them now, but they're not like awful. Just for whatever reason, that was a part of it that came naturally to me. So I kinda of had an affinity for it. I liked it because I was good at it. And I also love working alone, just doing tedious things. Like I can, you know, mix a song for a day and a half and I don't lose my mind, which a lot of people can't do. Or not a lot, but you know, it's a certain skill. Um, and so the last about three and a half years ago, just after I got here, I made a conscious decision to brand myself as a mixer and just start putting that out into the world and say, Hey, I'm a mixing engineer. And people started calling me a mixing engineer and just started hiring me for mixing. Right. Yeah. Just simple. It's that simple. You just just, decided you wanted to do that. And I just, Hey, what do you know? People start responding. I told people that's what I was and they were like, Oh, that's what he is. (laughs) <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> sometimes that's all it takes yeah you know, just to switch that gear i never would have thought but yeah <laughs> so far so good well that takes care of one of my questions because I, I you know i i think i knew i mean obviously going into it i knew that your goal was to mostly do mixing and and focus on that with the occasional producing gig if if it was right um but you know that's not the same for everyone some guys really like producing some guys only want to mix and never produce um and I, and I think for you it sounds like the majority of the time you prefer to take someone's audio that was tracked hopefully well <laughs> and then and put your stamp on it as a mix engineer um so i'm really happy to hear that that's the majority of the work that you're doing now yeah it's good it's it's interesting though as the years go by and it's the last couple of years it's really ramped up from maybe half or whatever to the majority of my year I really, really love doing tracking sessions now because they happen like once a month at the most. And just right. being, being in a room with people, I was like, oh shit, this is great. I <laughs> feel yeah. like a person. Yeah, you, you've talked about it before, dude. Oh, like yeah. Just yeah. being in that dark room alone it, can be a little isolating. <laughs> it, gets, it gets real weird for sure. Yeah. Well... Weird is an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> a little weird. A little crazy. Since you are from Canada... Since you are from Canada, uh, you know, most of our listeners, I would imagine, are from America. Um, Yeah, and specifically probably the West Coast. So kind of tell us, you know, from your point of view, what are some of the differences living in Canada 
uh, you know, working in the music industry and how that affects what you're doing? I mean, is it is it drastically different from your point of view, or are there more similar more similarities than there are differences? I mean, as far as what I do day to day, it's definitely just the same. It's you know, I'm working with musicians. There's there's all genres here. Um, I guess like the last five years pop and like hip-hop and urban stuff like you know drake's huge and that he's from toronto and right. bieber was right. canadian pop um there's probably a bunch of it that's not really my my wheelhouse so there's a bunch of artists that kind of blew up in the last three to five years in sort of more of those genres so there is a big mm. um amount of that happening like people doing like trap and that kind of stuff which i don't really do at all here sure but as far as what i do like it's same genre wise same workflow the biggest thing is just population wise the i'm in the biggest city in canada and i think it's i don't know what the updated stat is but it's like around maybe two and a half three million people so okay like how many people i don't know how many city yeah exactly i think there's 20 million people in the los angeles area so so that's perspective exactly so that's the thing yeah the the biggest difference is finding work there's you know if there's whatever times that is like seven times as many people there there's going to be seven times as much everything yep and also seven times the competition yeah but i mean generally with most fields as you get into the higher tiers you know there's it doesn't mean there's seven times more amazing that's true there's, yeah, no, absolutely. That's a good point. The the bottom I think gets wider, but the middle and the top are bigger, but it doesn't, you know, it's not a linear mm-hmm. up. It's like it gets smaller R- at the top, I think. Right, yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's a good point. The one thing I will say from my point of view representing you and kind of, you know, project managing what you're doing, I've learned the the main differences from my point of view is money. Right, that's been a real learning curve for me. Is the the tax situation you guys have <laughs> yeah. over there? Yes. Uh, just the exchange rate. So when I'm talking to an artist and I'm saying I'm quoting them at this budget for the project, I have to really remember who I'm talking to. Am I talking to one of Josh's clients from Toronto, or am I talking to one of his guys down in Atlanta? You know, and it, and so I, I anyway, I just have to be really aware that it's not. It, and it matters because if I if I if I quote them at <laughs> say four thousand Canadian, well, that's a different number than four thousand American by it's, by a long shot. Yeah, I, sh- I, I forget the conversion rate, and I, I still don't know by now. But it's it's always uh, greater than I think it is. It's you know? significant. It's actually we're, our dollar relative, really speaking, to the last decade is actually pretty good right now. At one point, I good. think it was almost half. At, in my that sounds about right. Yeah, and it's up to I think eighty percent or something. But yeah, it's a huge difference, yeah. and that's actually funny. Um, that's like one of Canadians' perceptions of Americans is because the population's so much bigger, and everything's happening there. Like I think I was telling you recently, I've been trying to do like at least yearly LA trips and networking and meeting some producers I know down there. And one week right. in LA is like three months in Canada. Like oh yeah, I'll, I'll oh meet, yeah. I mean it, it's the same thing here, I and mean, we live in sleepy town Portland, Oregon. And when I go to LA. <laughs> I'm just blown away by the productivity and the fucking hustle that exists down there. It's amazing. I mean, I love Portland, though. I've been to Portland two or three times, and uh, it's my favorite. I think it's my favorite city in the States, for sure. It's It's probably mine as well. It's like a kind of a slightly cooler American version of Vancouver. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about accurate. That's so funny. 
Yeah, yeah. Canada is a mystery to me, man. I I've only been to Vancouver one time. I think I was about 18 years old. We were on a on a tour with the band I was in at the time. Yeah. We played the show in Vancouver. We look outside and it's literally just like the end of the world. Uh, fucking heroin addicts and junkies just <laughs> like zombies just trucking along our all of our hubcaps got stolen that night people kept trying to break into our van we literally saw people shooting up on the side of the street like i and i, and I had no idea that vancouver was so fucking hardcore just that <laughs> there's there's like three blocks that it's the worst part oh, of really? the entire country yeah it's Maine main and hastings is the intersection that's actually right where the studio was that i worked at we we're one block no over shit. so I, I had many a nights, you know, going to I'd have to go to the bank for a producer or something when I was twenty or nineteen and coming back with like a thousand dollars cash in my pocket walking through this like oh, sea of crack addicts. God. Damn. <laughs> That's hardcore, man. But I mean it was gorgeous. I remember pulling you know, like pulling into the city, we went over a bridge and it looked like fucking Camelot. Like these gorgeous yeah. towers and really ornate bridges. I was really blown away. Really gorgeous city. Every that's the one thing most cities in the states that we like we go on vacation a lot in the states in different parts and that's yeah. sort of the most jarring part is the majority of the country is kind of gross looking. I'm sorry, but oh. it's oh, not dude. it's not a pretty yeah. place for the most part. There's beautiful yeah, Wyoming exists. <laughs> Wyoming. <laughs> Nebraska is a real place. Yeah, we drove Arkansas. Drove through Ugh. it on the way here. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's basically the the coast is great. You know, yeah. the East Coast is rad. I mean, obviously, New York City is one of the best cities in the world. If you haven't been, I'd highly recommend it. We still have to go. Um, we live so close, but haven't made it yet. Yeah, you you do live pretty. How close do you live to New it's York? It's like a seven-hour drive or something, seven or eight-hour drive, oh, I think. Brosive. You got to do that, man. It's, I know. It's, it's fucking legendary. Um, and, you know, then obviously on the West Coast, Los Angeles, Portland, Seattle, rad cities. It's kind of like the the south is kind of cool in its own way, even though it gets a little weird down there. The coast is great. And then the north is kind of cool, too, like Montana. You know, maybe that's it. So maybe the rest basically, of the kind of sucks. I, I, <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> I, think, I think it's kind of the same in both countries. The middle kind of is questionable. Yeah, the middle is just sort of there. Like we but have to be... F- yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, we just we have the prairies, which... We actually, when we drove, because we drove from Vancouver to Toronto when we moved, and we opted to just get out of Canada as soon as possible, duck down into the States, because it's just, there's nothing to see, like, for, from Alberta, from the really? province beside BC where Vancouver is, until you get to Ontario, where Toronto is. Yeah. Apparently, just the drive, once you cross the border into Ontario, from the border all the, to Toronto is like a full 12-hour drive or 14-hour drive. Just It's just massive and terrible and boring. Sounds like driving through Nebraska. Yeah, Only yeah. not that bad. <laughs> what is it like? Is it like a frozen tundra? Or, I mean, what the fuck does that look like? Uh, it gets cold. Or is it like a prairie? It's a, I don't know. I didn't drive through it. I went to this through the states. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess he did just get done telling us. Never, <laughs> never seen it, but he just yeah, avoided just, it at yeah. all costs. I'd rather go through Detroit than that. So, you know. Oh. Well, oh wow, that yeah. says something. Well, and Canada's <laughs> history is a mystery to me as well. Like the whole French Canadian pr- thing, and you know that some of the uh, pro- it's called a yeah. province, right? Some of the province they want to stay 
uh, French speaking and that there's like a whole revolution based on that and all this crazy political turmoil in our uh, for our neighbors I mean, up north and i know almost you, you can't really say that we're not I the ones terrible. with the crazy political <laughs> you know that's, yeah oh God, well, no. that's a whole other <laughs> thing Dude, but uh it is a shit storm down here we actually <laughs> we did actually we were just in so montreal and quebec is like the french speaking part um, we were just there for a weekend yeah. and I didn't realize I'd never really been through Quebec or parts of Montreal outside of downtown and there's we went to see my wife has some extended family out there and there was actually we went to a family event and there were about anyone over 45 didn't speak any English like zero English no it was really way. bizarre no yeah. way and it's it's a little bit different than like uh, France, yeah, yeah, it's French, right? Like Parisian French is going to sound a little yeah. different, actually quite a bit different than Canadian Yeah, they taught, because, you know, French is our official second language, so through grade school we had to take French up until they told me, I actually got told by the counselor, you should probably try Spanish instead, and then, you know, didn't work out either. <laughs> but uh, it's they teach us, for, like, you know, Parisian French in school, but then you try and use right. it in Montreal, and people just look at you like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, really? it's, it's to- well, it's not really? like they don't know what you're saying, but it's just, you can tell it's just not conversational yeah. at all. the dialect is interesting. Yeah. Now, do you, can you speak or read French no. still? No, not at all. Not at all. I can say, hello, how are gotcha. you, that kind of stuff, but. But I can too, and I'm. A dumb yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's so funny, you know, we're, we're such close neighbors but we're so vastly different in so many ways. America was born on bloodshed and revolution and guns and like fucking war. Um, and not that Canada wasn't. Uh, it's just, it's not, it's just not the same. I mean, like you said, there's just so many more people down yeah, here. Yeah, it's just, you know, and the, the, yeah, it's a land of immigrants too down here. I mean, it's just such a unique place to live. It's a bizarre country. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's probably the same here. Honestly, my, history is bad i don't know <laughs> i know there were a lot of a lot of uh you know indians and natives and things and it's basically oh, yeah. the same in both places at the start yeah, right it's still north america i mean a lot of the same issues were pretty similar it's the same fucking yeah exactly area. exactly um well I would, so i was going to ask you a couple of things here um yeah, so back to kind of the music side of things, Josh. So you you've kind of gone all around with your genres. I mean, you've you've mixed and produced and tracked everything from country, pop, metal. I mean, you, you worked with bigger bands. You were you're part of some of the Good Charlotte projects. Like you've worked with uh, Michael Bublé. You know, even even if it was on a, a minor level or when you're first starting out. Uh, but you've been all around and you've you've done it all. Is there any type of genre that you want to see yourself kind of get into a little bit more? Is there some doors that you want to open that you haven't today? Yeah, actually, I think um, this year especially, I've really been trying to push more into doing a lot more like electronic-based music. Um, I came from doing a lot of rock bands and folk and, you know, more bit like band stuff. Uh, but I really, really love straight-up pop music. I, I just this year I don't know why I've just been really really into it like just top 40 kind of radio stuff and also I think career wise nice. it makes sense because you know you can make it in logic in your bedroom and it still actually can compete with other things on the radio so there's way more as a mixer 
opportunity for me to do that. There's tons of music out there that needs good mixers. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially today, it's it's so popular. Right yeah, now. so uh, there's definitely a market for out there. sure. So yeah, I think mostly pop. Um, I would be curious to get more into. I don't know about rap, but like R and B at least. Like I can get into that. There's there's a few genres that I haven't really yeah. explored that fully. I've done R and B pop stuff. Like I did. There was this guy Sean Jones. I did last year. That was a mixed of four song EP four. Mm-hmm. That was is still pop, but he's like a R and B soul kind of singer. Um. Yeah, I'd say he's a little bit more soul. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. Right. So, sort of exploring that, I guess. Um, but this year, like you said, I've done. I mean, today I was mastering a classical solo piano record, which is not something that happens that's, that's every right. day. <laughs> um, and then I just before this, I was listening to mastering back for uh, the Mario, this Venezuelan pop artist that um, he's in Toronto, but he's yeah. you know from there, and just here on a visa or something. So. It's just all over the map. Um, it, it literally all over the map. That's the thing about working with you that's been so interesting, is you you quite literally work with people all around the world. Yeah, and I find that really interesting. I do too. It's really it's really interesting as well. Um, I find that a lot of the people that find me online, or that's kind of how they find me if it's international, is <clears throat> a lot of them want to sound like North American artists. So it's it's kind of a good spot mm-hmm. to be for me because they. Hire, they're hiring me because they like what all of us collectively have decided sounds good in the last decade. <laughs> yeah. And so it's kind of fun because exactly. they're just like blown away, but it's, you're just doing stuff that, you know, we, that's how we do it here. It's just, that's how everything's la- right, loud and to a guy from Argentina. Yeah. It's just loud yeah. and big and like everything's compressed a lot. And it's just huge, you know? I, I can tell you I've been really uh, getting good at using Wet's app the app whatsapp <laughs> yeah everyone outside of north america loves whatsapp right? it's so annoying i know and it's like the only way you can effectively talk to a guy from argentina in real time yeah, exactly <laughs> as, as long as you line up the time zone issue, i've gotten pr- i mean it's just like texting them it's yeah great. i've gotten pretty good at the time zone thing i know we'll we'll still take some even with us the three hour difference is surprisingly hard I to know. deal with um it is surprisingly hard yeah. i know because you're, you're like, our, God damn, I wish James would respond to this email by now because it's 8 o'clock. For yeah, you. it's like 9. You know, and you're like, God damn it, the day is gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's, it's all good. Uh, right. Yeah, we'll, we'll get the hang of totally. it. Totally. Uh, I think uh, Mr. Neil Engel had a, a few questions for you. Who's that? I don't know who that is. I don't know. Who, who is it? Is it a ghost? <laughs> Neil's not here, man. Can you see Neil? Can you see Neil over Skype? I'm like in the corner nah, I, over here, cramped away like some fucking... Yeah, I can I see know. him hiding over there. <laughs> Okay, yeah. Yeah. that's that's me. I'm, I'm in all black. Today. <laughs> I'm in all black every day. I think. Yeah, that's, you are. You're, you're you got, rock and roll. Yeah, you got the uniform. Yeah. It's yeah, the Portland right. uniform. <laughs> the Portland uniform, dude. I'm so I'm curious about your workflow. So, what's like a typical day in the life of uh, Josh Bowman? Yeah. Yes. Like, uh, I mean, there's. So if I'm doing a lot of mixing, I guess that's the most typical workflow. Lately, it's been a lot of random other stuff, but usually. Workflow-wise, say I have, I mean, a good spot in the year where I have a backlog of projects and the calendar is, you know, filled. I allocate kind of a song a day average um, when I'm doing projects, unless they're really complicated or really simple. So usually I'll have prepped a session the night before. Um, coming in the morning, everything's already routed. Um, I can hit play and hear the rough mix. So I'll get up in the morning, make some coffee. And right now I actually have a, a pretty nice setup in our, our home. I'm moving to a commercial space 
in January, which I'm really excited about, just to get out of the house and have that separation. Um, but hell yeah. But so right now for this current setup, uh, go home, make coffee, make an egg, come upstairs, and uh, just start working. So if I get up at eight eight thirty, I'll be in Pro Tools by nine or eight forty five, and uh, listen to the rough mix for about thirty forty seconds until I get it, and then just start mixing, and then uh, forget to eat lunch. You know. About 5 p.m., get really yeah. hangry. <laughs> Realize that I've why I hate the mix so much. Go eat dinner, uh, come back, love the mix because I'm full, and uh, hopefully, right. hopefully it's close <laughs> to done by then. If it's not, um, I usually do like eight or nine hours of work max. That's with some breaks and things in there. Yeah. Uh, I go on a lot of walks when it's summer. I find getting out of the house, especially working from home. Walks are essential to making good mixes. <laughs> if I don't, this I I I literally just slapped Neil when you said go on a walk. Dude, my because this kid he he's yeah he just he's such a workaholic and it comes from a good place. All he wants to do is just nail that mix. You know he just wants to kick ass. But the but, breaks are so important. But the breaks are so important. I have a different kind of break. See, I I am addicted to nicotine. Unfortunately, you have the forced yep. the forced Those outside are my walks. Yeah, exactly. It forces me outside. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. While you're getting healthy, I'm getting unhealthy is what's, but, <laughs> what's the difference there. But there aren't weeks and weeks where you forget to take the breaks. You always take the breaks because your body tells you uh, to. I'll, I'll do this on a good... Yeah, exactly. It's like nice out. I'll get in the habit. And then two weeks later, I'll forget about it. And I'll just be squirreled up inside for like a month and a half, you know, and then... Oh, I, right. I, I get that. For For me, my thing is because of the combination of coffee addiction and nicotine addiction i'll forget to eat for two or three days at a time <laughs> so it's like <laughs> jesus you know. christ neil i usually only eat oh, once a day it's usually it's usually about like nine or ten o'clock at night after i'm done with all my shit yeah. and i'm like oh okay i can breathe right, again so to speak yeah. I, I, so. I had a pretty great so before we lived in our current place um when we first moved to Toronto, we, we locked out and found a really great one bedroom kind of open concept apartment like a separate bedroom but the rest was you know, open space. And my wife being mm. a supportive person, she has let me set up the living room. Instead of a dining room table, we had a mix room and I had bass traps and a seat like cloud and the whole thing. And uh, that was amazing because she had a nine to five at the time. So my work day would basically have to be around when she wasn't in the apartment. So I actually had a structured, mm. she left at eight and then I had until about six, six thirty, And then she got home and I didn't want to be an asshole and like, you know, be right. playing my mix right. on the speakers when she's home because there's nowhere else to go in the house. Um, and that was actually amazing. That was why I'm moving into a studio outside of my house because I need, I think I need that structure to be a little bit healthier mentally and physically. I'm the same way. It's, I mean, all the stateside work I do, I look, I have a house. I don't have any kids. Me and my wife have a little house. We have a three bedroom home. I have a room set aside as an office. I never use it (laughs) ever. I just, I can't do it. I'm a, I'm terrible at working from home. So I literally, like, Neil's always going like, why the fuck are you always at Starbucks? Go home. <laughs> Don't you have coffee maker at home? Yeah. Like, he just doesn't get it. But it's it's the same thing, because I have to leave to really engage and turn on that, that working brain. I don't know. Hopefully that changes someday, but I, I'm kind of the same way. Yeah, I go, in, I go in phases. I mean, it also depends on what I'm working yeah. on, you know. <laughs> right. How excited of I am course. about today's today's song. Yeah. So you said you typically do 
a song a day. So if you, for example, if you were to get like a a ten track LP, you would do each. You would do one song of that record each day. So yeah, if say it was like a. Sorry, go ahead. No, that was it. Oh yeah. So say yeah, if it was like a ten song kind of full band thing, um, I would budget basically. So also, I'm trying really hard to not work weekends. I work every weekend, but in the schedule initially, I will budget if it was 10 songs i'd budget two full weeks with weekends off and then end up working basically all day saturday both days (laughs) um because you know how it goes right um there's if there's revisions that kind of thing usually though i'm getting better at estimating but it's every project's different it depends on if i recorded it or if i know the, the producer was good or you know Sure. I'm I'm going through the exact same kind of mentality, trying to take weekends off and stuff, but working on the weekends anyway. Yeah, it's hard. Um, so so, just for my own curiosity, let's say you get a mix project where they needed it yesterday, kind of thing. Do you still allocate that court sort of time and tell them to basically f off, or like how do you handle a situation like that? Yeah, I mean, actually, I don't really. When I get last minute things, it's never been. I've pretty much never gotten a mixing gig so far that was like, hey, we forgot either they, that means either someone bailed or they forgot to hire someone or whatever, right? If they want it tomorrow, let's say, or the next day. Um, Usually I'll have, well, I'm doing a thing actually this week. It came up where I got a project today that we just booked um, for something that's going to be recorded tomorrow and Friday and then they need it delivered by end of day Saturday. They mix and stems for, it's a song that's going to be in a TV show, like a network show here. And so there's a hard date. Um, so I'm going to go in Friday night after they finish tracking, hang out with the tracking engineer, make sure I get the vibe of it and just start prepping Friday night. And if I'm, if it's not too late, just work till 12 or one, get up at nine or eight and, you know, just plow through it. Yeah. But it doesn't happen that often. That's what I was going to ask. So, yeah. So you've never gotten like a, like an EP or an LP or something where you would not really like, let's say an LP where you you delegate two weeks of time with weekends off, maybe working on the weekends, but they need it done in like four days. Is that, is that something that has happened before? That only happens when it's a restrictive budget. So the song a day thing is basically I can do my optimum amount of work and really do the best job I can in about an eight to 10 hour day, whether that's spread out over, you know, two half days or whatever. I think that's kind of like, about how long I need to make something amazing where I'm sending it out with no hesitations to the artist. Um, I do do a lot of things where they're like, hey, we have a grand to mix this album. And I was like, okay, well, let's negotiate a day rate and we're going to do three songs a day. And it's well, it'll still be good, but it's, you know, a different thing. Um, does that answer your question? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's... Yeah, no, it did. So, I mean, like, on a personal level, like, putting out a mix that you weren't able to put your full gusto, I guess you could say, into, does that affect you at all, like, personally, or is that... I mean, I really try not to listen to my work that I do. Like, I don't... I usually won't listen to a record I worked on for at least a year after we finish it. Like, once I hear the masters and approve... and now I'll slap James. (laughs) I do the same thing. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh... Dropped. I'll try... I'll try to listen to it, you know, I'll prove the mastering and be involved in that part of the process. But once it's out, I generally take like six months to a year before I'll listen to it again. Just, I just don't, there's, it's done. There's nothing I can do. It's, yeah. it's still going to yeah. sound good. I can do good work quickly. It's just, you know, you don't get all the little details. I don't spend two hours on 
delay throws and dialing in the exact, you know, that kind of stuff. Right. So, so in that, in that, that's a good, that's a good point. So in that situation where you're on a limited budget, limited time, where in your mind, because you do put out awesome work, I've heard it sounds fucking rad. Thanks man. So in, yeah. So in, so where in all of those little nuances of a mix, where do you determine what I can work on, what I can't work on? I'm not quite happy with this, but we have to move on. Like, where is that, that line? I'm sure it varies. Yeah, that, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, for sure. And I guess that was sort of what you were asking before with the workflow a bit, as far as specific workflow of how I approach a mix. It's kind of it was alluding into that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I feel like actually one thing that I didn't mention, I skipped a lot of parts in my brief kind of history of Josh earlier. I did also work <laughs> full time in advertising for audio for about seven months a couple of years ago. Um. So right. and I did before that I'd done gigs just. I was a freelancer that got the spillover from a buddy who did it full time. And uh, so that actually taught me a lot about prioritizing and working quickly. Cause I know there, there was one day there where we had a, it was mixing a TV spot for like an insurance company or something, but there was a miscommunication between me and the producer. And at nine fifteen AM I found out, I thought I had that whole day to sound design and mix this commercial. And I found out at nine fifteen in the morning that it, 10 30 or 11 the client was coming in to do a final review and approve it and i oh, thought i had God. the whole day to do it like i hadn't started it wouldn't do anything i hadn't opened the oh. omf yet so i just had to figure out like okay what's important it was a thing where there's a guy in a pa so it had to sound like he was talking through a pa background sounds skip it so with mixes it's the same thing where rhythm section has wow. to sound great vocals have to sound great um make it feel like it's a thing together that's happening in a room or whatever the context is supposed to be. But then as far as like getting into really specific delays and getting into like a lot of automation, it's that's kind of where that's usually near the end of my process or not end, but like two thirds of the way through the day will be a lot of the heavy automation and really building effects yeah. and things. So that's yeah, the, the, fin- the final little details. Yeah. It's like the little detail that makes a huge difference, but is also, it's not like you can't hear the lead vocal or something, you know, it's, if the yeah definitely the drums and the vocals are awesome and the bass is good and then the mid-range stuff is there it's like <laughs> the song can be great you know <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um, so how much how long in in a guesstimation because when you're mixing i'm sure you're not keeping track yeah if you're anything like me you're just kind of going with the creative flow but um so yeah like let's say you get a rock band you know maybe you know typical kind of sort of thing like what do you what do you do like maybe i don't know just throwing out random numbers you know like 20 minutes on the drums not even that i'm actually five minutes dialing in the guitars i'm actually this is for like a, <laughs> a full like a day a song kind of mix right yeah. yeah or both if you want if you want to allude into it i mean for for something that's not time restricted that's kind of like a normal budget uh i would say I'm pretty slow actually. I'm a really slow mixer and I've tried really hard to do it faster and there's lots of people that say like set timers or you know you should only spend this much time get a rough mix as quick as possible, get everything up as quick as possible. That doesn't work for me because I, I know how it's going to come together at this point usually. And so I like a lot of people say you know no, lots of people are really against soloing, which I totally understand the idea of hearing it in context is the only thing that matters. There's lots of big mixers that do that. Um I don't work like that. I know what I want things pretty closely to sound like in solo to make them work in the mix because my style is also like I do like pretty clean like not clean as in there's lots of distortion and stuff but it's not like 
uh, I don't know how to say it. Like I have a really clean aesthetic. I like everything to be really clear and heard clearly and there's a spot for everything and yeah. so it's really carved. I, I, I use the word hi-fi. Yeah, yeah, totally, exactly. I love hi-fi. Yeah. So I can do the other stuff, but that's sort of my natural gravitation. Well, so, well you, can, you can take a hi-fi thing and make it sound dirty. But oh, if you exactly. have a dirty thing, it's not necessarily going to sound clean. Exactly. Right, you know what I mean? But, but so yeah. time-wise, I would say probably putting up drums, if they're recorded well, 10 minutes. If they're not recorded well, 20 minutes to 45 minutes. Um, like if I had to do a lot of weird phase alignment or, the, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, and at that point, I'll also, I put in samples pretty quickly if the drums aren't amazing already. So I'll start to layer in all that stuff and kind of get that going. Um, yeah, within the first half an hour, bass is probably like 15 minutes at the most. Maybe if it sounds good, one minute, you know, if it's like a faders up thing. Uh, no. Guitars, I don't spend, a, unless they're fucked, like unless they're really poorly recorded or they send me DIs and want me to decide what the guitars sound like, which I hate because it's like, how do you do that, right? If they didn't play through the right. sound, it's going to be <laughs> not right. <laughs> um, exactly. So yeah, that's sort of like guitars are usually really quick EQ and quick balance. They're like the fastest thing, probably five minutes for the rhythm section stuff. Um, and that's sort of the order I do. Like I, I do pretty traditional, like, you know, start with the kick drum, go through to the... I do kick snare, overheads, then pull in the toms and room mics. Then I'll do bass. Then I do guitar rhythm guitars. Um, and then I'll go and do the vocals after that before I put any lead stuff in, like any lead instruments or synths or strings, if there's that. I do the same thing. Yay. Yeah, yeah. it's like pretty We're traditional. Brothers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it's, how, it's a good way to do it. Because, you, you know, you're early enough in that you can still, the vocals can still take up their space and you figure that out. And then you can put all the other shit in after and do what you got to do. Right. Uh, vocals... 15 minutes maybe 10 10 15 minutes on the lead vocal including adding a few effects and figuring out a reverb um and then i guess a lot of time after that just really doing little eq moves and like making it all sit together and figuring out if it wasn't obvious already what it's supposed to sound like like what the what the vibe is um mm -hmm. or that, at that point i'll be referencing the rough mix a bunch and so how I, I start by getting it, if it was done by a producer that did a good rough mix, getting it as close to that rough mix as possible and then pushing it past that. Mm. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Got a, got a couple more questions for you, Josh. So the, the first one I, I'm always curious about, how do you think you do with deadlines? So if, if there's a project and it's a pretty hard deadline, um, do you, do you feel like that's something that motivates you and inspires you to do better work or does it, or does it kind of make you, I mean, it obviously depends on the length of that deadline, but let's assume it's a pretty aggressive deadline, right? Like you don't have, you don't have a lot of time to fuck around. Let's say right. it's, it's pretty, pretty strict deadline. Now, does that something that inspires you and makes you in turn do better work or does it make you feel stressed out and bum you out? It doesn't really stress me out. I mean, if there's a bunch of people in the room with me and there's a deadline, I get a little stressed out. I really like <laughs> not having people stare at me while I mix the whole time because I just who I'm yeah, way less God. I'm just way less creative. I just don't try things. Oh yeah, that, you know. Of course. But, but no, I definitely don't do better work on a deadline. I don't have any problem meeting them. Like that's sort of again back to the advertising thing. Like I can prioritize if I have to and get something that I think people are gonna like that I might not be 100% yeah. on, but it, I think is gonna be acceptable and good, 
hopefully good to great, depending on what we're talking about. Sure. Um, I really, the thing is though with mixing, I l- just love it. Like I love getting up in the morning and working on music. So for me, mm. unless it's something really terrible that, you know, whatever, all music's all different. There's some things that are a lot of editing and some things that just are great players in a great room. Uh, if it's a cool project, which it luckily is most of the time, I'm just excited to get up and work on it. So there's not really, like, I don't need a motivation most of the time. It's sort of, yeah, you know, I'm just like, get up. I'm so lucky to do this and excited to do it, providing Where I haven't done Where do you think that it. comes from? Um, just the passion of it. Yeah, is yeah, it gratitude like, that you're not digging a ditch somewhere? Or, like, it, yeah, could, like, it could always be a worse kind of thing? I've tried to quit three times, I think, in my career and get, like, a day job. And I got I'm on real, two. Yeah, I, I, I got real jobs. I got I worked at a call center for three. I basically lasted through the training period and then one week of the actual job. So it was like two months, I yeah. think. Dude, and we're not cut out for it, man. It was just I, I'm right like, there with you. Can't do it. Yeah, there's a guy. There's there's you know there's groups of twenty people and there's one manager for the twenty people and he has a computer screen that says what you're doing and how many minutes Ugh. you've been on the computer and how many minutes you haven't been on the call well, and if it's like off. more than a minute between being on the phone they're like hey what are you doing and so I just like go Jesus. in the bathroom you know I just take Jesus. a lot of bathroom breaks and oh sure sure that kind of thing that that didn't last that's, long that's and no then uh, when I first moved here actually what really really pushed me into being this driven I think and making this just happen for myself is I got here, we moved to Toronto, I literally knew one person. It was a guy I'd mastered a record for once. I, that's it. I didn't yeah. know anyone else in the entire city. My wife didn't know anyone except maybe a couple of friends from school in an unrelated field to what she's doing. So we really had to just meet new people and ne- do the networking thing and go out as much as possible. Right. Go to like random meetup groups we found online and like all this sort of weird shit. But um, <laughs> in the meantime, I had to make money. And so I had all this live events background work, which is easy to get work doing if you're a personable, nice guy. Because a lot of people sure. have been doing events for a long time are fucking weird and hard yep. to talk to. So, sure are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, you can excel pretty quickly in that. And it's, it can be fun. So anyway, I was doing a bunch of event work. We were doing this warehouse gig where we were in a warehouse unstacking and restacking 40-foot truss because they had to scan the barcodes from the bottom of the pile. So it was, first of all, just oh. bullshit day anyway. And the guy I was working with almost broke my foot, basically. Like, he dropped this oh. huge piece of truss. I had steel toes on, but it's, like, only covers the toe cap. And it was it was just, you know, it was almost really, really bad. And I left. Yeah, I yeah. was like, I'm not... I just said I'm never doing this again. And I left, and I yeah. figured... I got mixing work. Like, I had literally... It was hard for the first six months. I didn't know anyone, but I just made it yeah. happen. I just went out you and... just made it happen. Pushed, yep. pushed past my comfort zone, because I'm not naturally an you know, extrovert. You know, I don't love going out to shows right. and talking to people but right. I was just like I'm not doing this I can't and right so that's what you did you went out to shows just started talking to local bands and yeah, cutting when deals we, I guess or when we got here I actually I remember pretty vividly the first after the initial panic of us both being unemployed and moving to a new city um, I'd go to a coffee shop every day for the first two hours of the day and there's a couple sort of cornerstone venues here that have they have tuesday wednesdays or like free nights where local bands play and so i just found they have the show listings for every month so i went and checked out every single band that played those nights of the week and any ones that were half decent just cold emailed or tried to like connect with on social media Mm -hmm. and just did that all day every day or you know a couple hours every day for several weeks and eventually got some people that way i volunteered at some music festivals just doing you know running like the tiny pas and medium-sized rooms and stuff and met some bands that way um 
met it's other engineers. I, it's, it's literally identical to how I got my start way back in the day. It's exactly what I was doing. Yeah, it's just you just gotta do it. <laughs> the other thing just that go actually, out and talk to people. <laughs> exactly. The the biggest exactly. thing I noticed moving to a bigger city, and I can't imagine what it's like in an even bigger city in the states, but in Vancouver, there's not that much work. This is my perspective, at least, just from you know my own situation. Sure. There's not a ton of work, so it's very, you know, everyone's very, not greedy is the wrong word because no one's malicious about it, but there's finite work, and so you take the work you can get, and there's not really a lot of sharing. Whereas here, the first couple years, it ended up being, once I started to meet, like, local engineers and producers, I got a ton of work and still get a bit of it through people that were too busy to do gigs, and they liked me, and they knew I had, like, kind of this background of coming from a big studio, so there was an initial trust there, and they actually gave me work, which was, like, mind-blowing because in... Vancouver no one had ever given me a gig you know because it's just mm. it's all you gotta keep the gigs for sure what one thing I wanted to talk to you too about Josh and I think the audience will find pretty interesting I know Neil and I have talked about this and we love that you do this kind of shit for one you have a really good following on Instagram I mean you have what 11,000 followers plus yeah, or like minus a, a few 11 and a half now, I think. Yeah, I mean, that's fantastic for, you know, my guess is you did most of that organically and you just yep. hustled and, yeah. Yeah, so there's just... that. Well, and the other thing that I commend you for doing is you're continuously adding value to people, even if they're not clients. You're always asking people what they want. You know, you're always thinking of ways that you can give back to the community, the, the music community, the mix engineer community, producers. And now... Uh, especially lately, you've been doing a lot of sort of tutorial videos on YouTube. Uh, can you yeah. talk about your, sort of your your process and, and why you decided to start going about all of that stuff? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the Instagram thing was actually a really specific event that triggered that. Like, I had an account, and I didn't really. I, I don't actually love. In I don't love social media. I think it's actually a huge <laughs> problem in our society. And it's giving us all like yeah. some pretty serious mental illness issues that we wouldn't have, and like oh, pushing it's all terrible. this stuff. Yeah, it's, it's really weird, right? <laughs> but it's the world we but live in. But it is in, what it is, That's and it's right. a way I can meet people that I would never meet in any part of the world. Like, there's no way I would meet this guy from Venezuela. You know, yeah, that's right. And and not to interrupt you, not to interrupt you, but I can verify that you do book work because of it. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually, I'm, I'm, I can stand, sit here and say that that happens. I just did the the breakdown today, and I think 18% of my work this year was from random online clients that never had met me, had no connection to me at all. Wow. Um, which is not a lot, but it's significant in the year, you know? Well, so, shit, yeah, it is. 18% yeah. of your, your total year income. Yeah. And and it's better, right? I mean, you've, you've done more since then, and it's continuously growing. So yeah, maybe and those next all... year it's going to be 25%, right? You never for know. Sure. For sure. And like hopefully at least half of those are going to be repeat clients that come back with their next thing. That's right. And, you know, it all builds. Right. So, exactly. so yeah, I think the Instagram was actually, there's another thing I did when I got here is there's a couple of meetup groups that meet like once, once a Saturday a month or whatever, right? And just networking about music. So I started going to a few of these pretty religiously and they have speakers. So they had a speaker that talked about, she was a, a musician that also owns like a media company that does, you know, social media promo and all that kind of stuff for like some pretty big agencies. So she did sort of a free talk about how to grow your social media accounts and mm -hmm. she gave some pretty specific advice on for Instagram specifically. And I thought, well, I'm in a specific niche. It really lends itself all to Instagram because I'm in cool studios. Like I'm freelancing, so it's 
a unique opportunity because I'm in different rooms all the time, and so I can always take pictures of different people's gear and stuff. Lots of cool shit to look at. And so I just did what she said, word for word. I just followed. I set an alarm and did the at, follow certain people that met certain criteria every day, every right. hour, like for four or five hours of the mixed day. I just had an Jesus alarm every Christ. hour, and I'd do it. And it just started building, and it went from like 400 people, and also it was a 5,000, and now it's like after eight, it kind of started just growing on its own. Yeah, um, snowball. And then yeah, exactly. And then so the other thing is the YouTube stuff. That was also sort of. Initially, it was more of a selfish thing. It was a way for me to just get my name out there. But then I realized <clears throat> there's actually a niche, not a niche, but there's just, there's a lot of people that do it. And as someone that's always learning and like every other engineer, Neil probably does, like I watch a ton of content about other people mixing and like tips and watch other engineers' workflows online. Mm. And a lot of them are really hard to watch. Like they're just long and boring. And Fucking like boring. even someone that's, so interested i find them hard to get through so yeah. I'm, I'm and they're also a lot of it's just aimed at beginner stuff so it's hard to find the things that are actually valuable to experienced engineers and still interesting mm. so okay. the stuff i put out i try to make things that are accessible but i'm actively trying not to do this is what gain staging is or this is how you record a kick drum like i don't want to do that shit because there's so many good videos already of that and i want to do things that like neil hopefully could watch a video i made and Maybe he does all the same stuff because it sounds like we do the same things essentially. But you know, like yeah. I could, you could watch it and say, "Oh, that's interesting to see his workflow," and you can relate to it. And there's no huge sections you want to skip because I'm just showing you how I route my session and you know that kind of stuff. Right. Right. So it's really just making videos that are accessible to engineers that aren't on a beginner level, but those people can still digest them. I think. That's great. Yeah, I totally so, get that because yeah, there is a lot of videos out there that are. There's it surprises me how many videos are out there that are incredibly basic, but really bad advice. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. And I ha and I have actually watched a couple of your YouTube videos and legitimately our routing and kind of workflow is almost identical. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Like, verbatim but i mean i'm That's funny uh, how are we doing on time do i have one time for one more question? yeah go ahead one, one more question we'll take our break and we'll come back cool so this uh instagram lady you spoke of the speaker yeah so yes. can you elaborate because i this is another thing i get i i do I, I work with a lot of young bands and artists that are trying to like basically build a name for themselves um and i admitting admittingly am not the best when it comes to social media so when they ask me these kinds of things i, I don't I have some advice, but not a lot that... Shut up, James. <laughs> I'm giving a um, shit. <laughs> what, what were some... Basically, to cut right to it, what were what are some of these... Because it worked for you. What, are, what, what, what did this lady suggest as far as building your social media brand and you know that kind of thing? What were some more specifics? You alluded to one. That's a good question. Yeah. Uh, I can tell you exactly what I did. It's, it's not complicated at all. And it's, the thing is, it's really specific to... My account, like if you look at my account, there's nothing about my personal life. There might be two pictures out of a hundred. It's all pictures of gear. There's there's not even a lot of pictures of me. There's maybe one out of every ten pictures is some kind of selfie thing. One because I hate them, yeah. and two because no one cares. Because everyone <laughs> in my everyone I'm following. So how I how I got the followers, and this will filter back around. Uh, how I got the followers was basically what she said was, you you know there's like the you follow someone and hopefully they follow you back thing, but uh -huh. what it, you know. What are the odds they're actually going to follow you back? It's like pretty low. So yeah. how you figure that out is her advice was to find a really popular account that was really specifically the niche of what you're putting out in your account. 
and then go to their newest post. And ideally, this is a company like I used, I think I was using like Apogee, uh, some of the monitor companies, like maybe Neumann, a mic company, something like that. So I'd pick companies like that, big, big audio manufacturers. And I'd yeah. find the one that put out a picture within the last two hours, like one or two hours, the most recent picture I could find. And then you click on the people that liked that picture recently because they're all right. engaged users that are currently on Instagram in the last hour. And then you follow as many as you can before it stops letting you. And so yeah. you bring your, your odds of getting followed back up exponentially because they're people that like what you're doing and they're on Instagram right now. Well, let me mm-hmm. let me interject there because I, I actually did some of that for a while as well. I know Neil kind of fucked around with it too. You said at one point before they stop you. Now, I, I, I'm sure Instagram is always changing and you know they're, you can't really yep. keep track of how many they let you follow or unfollow. So did that happen for you where they'd stall your account or say like, whoa, buddy, got, slow down, pump the brakes? Yeah, I got I got banned for like four days once or five yeah, days. Yeah, I got, I got banned from following for about two days myself. I didn't get oh, banned no, they, from using the account, but... I, I got banned from... So I got stopped from following a few times, but I actually got like banned. I couldn't log in for a few days once. Um, <laughs> really? Because I, well, I was doing... They thought well, I was a bot or like an automated right. service because I was doing this alarm every hour. And so I've kind of eased it you back a bit after that. for it. Yeah, right. so it's there's actually if you Google you know Instagram follower limits and then the date there's a few there's one or two blogs that actually do they don't publish them but there's people that like are doing trial and error all the time because there's right. you know social there's a uh, marketing people that do that for a living so they need to know and so there are actually usually one or two blogs if you just Google it with the date attached because it changes like monthly or you know yeah. quarterly yeah. Um, you can get like pretty good estimates of a ballpark and then just don't hit that quite like maybe say if they say you're allowed 50 people do like 45 50 like per hour typically yeah yeah exactly and there's yeah. different and then also the other thing is you know um she was saying like you don't want to follow a bunch of people then unfollow them all because that's kind of a dick move in the whole ecosystem you know because then you're just getting them to follow you back but yeah if you give it like a, a week she's like give it a week and if they haven't followed you back then it might even be an inactive account like who knows right yeah. so that okay. was sort of the rule. Did you say and then kill them? Yeah, I sure did. <laughs> <laughs> and then kill them. They don't follow you back. Kill them. Yeah, just the <laughs> find murder. where they live and murder their entire family. So that was point just, one. You and then what? Or sorry, they just say yeah, drones. Well, I was going to say. Murder <laughs> right, right. right. <laughs> and then what was what were the other tips after that? So that we the following thing. The following thing. That's kind of it. Just following. Oh, and hashtags. Yeah. Hashtags are good. Hashtags um, are big. Yep. Yeah. Actually, interesting. So I listened to a bit of the episode you guys did with Travis. Yep. And uh, one thing, I, I saw Travis's Instagram, and he's really, I think, because his, his Instagram's just like, it's mostly just pictures of his studio, like the majority of it. It's like oh, over yeah. 50% pictures of the same room over and over, but they look great. Looked and they're good pictures. Sick room. But then I was like, how, and he actually is, I think he's like up to fourteen or 15,000 or something. Yeah. And I was, it's just interesting, right? So I went and looked at, and he's got hashtags. And so I think he's great at using hashtags. And he's, he's really, I also good think, I think that Nashville also really helps. Like sure just hashtags for Nashville because, like, yeah. I actually started tagging some of the bigger music center cities in some of my photos just to see, because then it shows up in people's feeds when they're yep. in, in those places. And it does actually change engagement a bit. Oh, dude, when, when I, anytime I'm in LA, like this last trip I did in October, beginning of October. Anything I would post in Los Angeles, if I would hashtag LA or Venice Beach, West Hollywood, 
And especially yeah. if I do location, like, you know, you can tag your location. Dude, it was like, un- unlike anything I'd ever seen. I, mean, I was, you know, the, the activity on those posts were, I don't know, five times the amount as they were back home in Portland. So I, mean, I think yeah. that does well, matter. The, the one final thing I will say is uh, consistency and quality of content is way more important than I thought it would be. If I do anything slightly mm-hmm. off brand, like if I post a picture of me and my wife somewhere, or even if I post a picture of me in the studio instead of just gear close-ups, it gets like a third of the engagement. If wow. I do anything not audio, it gets like 40 likes, but I could do a studio picture that gets 1,000 or 1,200. That's really it's, interesting. It's crazy. Right. Like it, well, no one the, gives a shit what I'm doing no outside of the studio. Fuck. That's right. <laughs> that's not that's interesting. Well, that's, that's, yeah, that's, I mean, that's something to, that I tell the bands too is like you know it's not a personal page it's a brand yep you gotta, exactly you know and there there i i there is a the consistency like you mentioned and james mentions to me to me all the time of like putting out stuff it's a big part of it but then there's also that fine line of like okay like a picture of a toenail fungus may not be you know what i mean like there's just yeah. examples like that you know and then like you said like just the the fact that you said what you said you're paying attention to what's people, what people are interested in and what people the other, are liking. The other thing that's a lot different, like a band account is super different than my account because my niche is really, really easy to figure out. It's like audio gear, you know? Um, with <laughs> bands, if they're not established, like if, if Coldplay's Instagram can post whatever the fuck they want because they're celebrities, right? So it's a different yeah. thing. People want to know the minute details of their lives. They themselves um, are the brand. Exactly. You know I mean? And like yeah. anything they do, they could be drinking a water. It's like, I'd look at Coldplay drinking water. Like, I don't know. Right. <laughs> but for everyone else, you got to figure out what your audience likes, whether that's just all, like maybe the whole thing is only posting pictures of the band while they're a band. Like maybe it's just like pictures from shows, pictures from rehearsal, maybe some funny videos in there when they're doing band practice. But like, I think really keeping it until you're actually at some kind of celebrity status or like quote unquote, you know kind of thing where people give a shit about i guess you could say yeah like when people give a shit about the things that they shouldn't give a shit about right um (laughs) i think until that point you need to stay so focused on the thing that you're trying to be so in that case you know just a band not they're not people they're a band or a mix engineer (laughs) right yeah exactly yep love it love it all right well we are right about at our our half point here we're going to take our ceremonial piss break josh this is where we all go pee together touch each other we touch each other molest each other in the bathroom we compare dick sizes we it's crazy how they change every time (laughs) they always change mine's usually (laughs) the biggest sorry just the truth and then we'll come back and talk about some current events where our producer andrew typically leads that segment and i'll ask you some funky and fresh questions when we come back we will be right back Alrighty, welcome back from the pee break. Did everyone have a successful break? It was, 
it was good yeah that was a nice yeah. thought i like yeah. that it was very <laughs> pondering how about you josh did you pee out of your big dick <laughs> it, it was actually upsetting at first i forgot i had asparagus for lunch oh, oh. gross Gross, gross. But, uh, you know, and that's that, the podcast. Thanks, guys, yeah. for uh, coming back. <laughs> Welcome back to the Smelly <laughs> Pea Podcast with Josh Bowman. Yep. <laughs> How about you, Drew? Did you have a good, successful break? Yeah. Good. He's a man of few words, everybody. <laughs> uh, well, now we'll do our current event section that our trusted producer, Andrew, tends to run. What do you got for us, Andrew? Well, first of all, let me say oh, that this, whoa, whoa. this could be interesting because we have a Canadian... Oh, yeah. A Canadian's view on American events. Interesting. Yes, yes. And uh, for reference, Josh, we have a screen behind you that you can't see. So, you know, sorry. Just use your imagination. <laughs> we we <laughs> have a big so flat screen TV behind you that you can't see. <laughs> so if you see us looking over your head, that's what we're doing. <laughs> Take it no away, worries. Drew. What do, you, what do you got for us? A new single from Glassjaw. Woo! That's pretty cool. So yeah, I'm seeing the uh, album will be out. Fuck, they played last night. Yeah, they yeah, played last all night. All collectively didn't go. <clears throat> nice. Yep. God damn it, Josh. Do you know who the band Glassjaw is? Yeah, I'm not super familiar with them. But I know who they are for sure. Yeah, okay. I've heard the music. That was a, a big band for all of us in this room. Mm-hmm. Very influential. Are they, band. Where are they from? Uh, New York, I believe. Long Island. I want to say. Definitely cool. East Coast boys for sure. Yeah, they took a long break hiatus. Uh, Daryl, the singer, went on to do "Help Me Out, Andrew." Fucking uh, beating heart, baby. Oh, why can't I think of it? Fucking shaking bed to be. Fuck, I, I've heart, listened to that record. Uh, head time. Automatica. Head <laughs> Automatica. Yep. There we go. There you, okay. uh, if you haven't heard them, Josh, <laughs> check them out. They're like super no. sassy fucking pop rock. I guess is what you'd call nice. it. Nice. I haven't checked it out. I'll, I'll check it out after. Yeah, re- really good stuff. But anyway, that's rad. So is yeah. that uh, upcoming album pretty soon? Fuck yes, dude. That'd be pretty Sweet. cool. How many De- songs? December 1st, 12. I think is what it said, right? 12? God damn. December 1st? I wonder who produced that motherfucker. Not Josh Bowman or Neil Engel. <laughs> that's fucking right, not. Damn it. Is that my fault? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> that's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> I was giving them shit over the break that they didn't pay me enough. And then they both looked at me and said, well, maybe you should find us better work so we can pay you more. So they put me in my place. Yep. I played the fit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know how this works. <laughs> Glassjaw announced first new album in 15 years. That's fucking exciting. I can't wait. They're on a tour right now. Josh, they're they're on tour with The Use. Um, they're another big oh, nice. band from back in the day. Yeah. Yeah, I know them like pretty well. Yeah, that, that's awesome. Have you noticed that too? That a lot of bands from back in the day are doing tours together and kind of yeah, the for sure. Like the last five years, maybe it's gotten. Mm-hmm. It's funny seeing these resurgence of all these like late nineties, early two thousand totally. bands that haven't done anything in five, six, seven years. Yep. It's uh, I mean, it's all you know, like album sales became not a thing, and they're like gotta make money. So yep, touring and merch. You know, that's one of the two yeah, ways exactly. you can for sure make money if you have a following. That is. Yeah. And not a three. Yeah, and if you're good at all that. <laughs> yeah, that too. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Uh, what else you got, Drew? All right. Trump makes Pocahontas remark referring to Senator Warren at oh, Navajo Code Talkers event. Jesus Christ. Did you hear that, Josh? Mm. 
Yeah, uh, that whole situation is really upsetting. We, it's funny here. Like we actually hear a lot about American news. Yeah. Like it's it's a very it's still like because it's like the North America current events really right. Right. And it's just that whole situation is just like so troubling. It must be. I can't even imagine what you you must think. Well, I mean, I, 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 I just don't want you. Yeah, go ahead. I just don't want you guys to get us. I don't want you guys to get us bombed. Like, just we're like doing our thing. I'm not going to war because your president's an asshole. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. You know what I mean? Or like, well, the funny thing about that, Josh, is you guys, uh, you know, don't take offense to what I'm about to say, but you guys <laughs> kind of barely have a military, right? I mean, you have one. I mean, well, let's be I, honest. I don't know. Like, was... I've never talked about it with anyone I know because it's not a thing here that we're worried about because we don't <laughs> piss people off. That is so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. You've never, you've literally I, I never talked about it with I anyone. had a feeling this was going to happen, know. guys. Oh, that's so weird. I maybe. <laughs> so, actually, well, one, I only know maybe two or three people that have served in our military, like that are not veterans that are, you know, grandparents and that kind of thing that were in one of the world wars. Right. Um, I know maybe a couple people's significant others that are that were served served here at some point, um, or did tours as support for like American military and I don't know what it would be in like Afghanistan or something. Um, but when Trump got elected there, the day that it happened, I actually had it wasn't a panic attack, but like I had this vivid <laughs> image of me having to go to war <laughs> and how unprepared I am physically drafted. to fight anybody. Yes, like I'm just a skinny white dude that's 32 that sits in a chair and oh, listens yeah. to music all day. I couldn't do shit. If someone came to try and take over our house, like, raid oh, yeah. raid and pillage our, like, women and stuff, like, I'm, what am I going to do? Yeah, I don't have guns, right. but I don't want guns either. Right. Well, I'll tell you what you're going to do, because I've thought about this as well. So what you and I are going to do, <laughs> we're going to go be, like, audio spies, like, recording. There you go. Foreign, be like the code you know. breakers. Because we actually, yeah, because we yeah, actually have a skill set, you know. I got yeah. nothing. That's true. <laughs> I'm, I'm five nothing and weak and a loser. I'm, I've, I've got some guns in my house, but it's not like I know how to fight a goddamn <laughs> war. I'm useless. Yeah, I feel like the, what's the stat about like that, those guns being used against you? Mm-hmm. It's like pretty high. The percentage of the oh, army. Oh yeah, if, I mean, if an army invades, I'm so fucked. I mean, I, I'm just gonna, You're not, it's not happening. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm done. Um, yeah, I know that like Canadian military, they were a big part of World War II. Like they used to serve alongside the the Brits, right? They used to serve along. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. My, my grandpa on my mom's side, I think was like a minesweeper for after, Crazy. which sounds like a terrifying job. Of course it does. Sounds awful. Yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine anything more anxiety producing. By the way, we're not talking about the computer game. We're talking about actual <laughs> mines. Some dorks like I in love Minesweeper. So like, Minesweeper, yeah. that's old. That's like, My parents used to play that. Yeah, it's not Minecraft. Not Minecraft. That's hilarious. I don't. I don't actually know what Minecraft is. I just know it was a thing ten years ago. Yeah, I, I don't either. I have. I, I don't even know what that. Like, I don't even know what it looks like. I don't know anything about that game. <laughs> I know my nephew was obsessed with it for a while. That's just yeah. about it. Well, we'll draft him well, yeah, to go sweep the mines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's that's our new our new uh, yeah. you know post war cleanup crew. There you go, James's nephew. <laughs> 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 well, back to the original uh, news article. It sounds like Trump's being an asshole again. So now we can move on. Yep. What else you got, Drew? Sweet, more asshole. Cool. More asshole. All right, Prince Harry. Ooh. He's gonna be getting married. Yay. 
Dude, is that weird to anyone else how, like, I, I don't give a fuck <laughs> about the <laughs> fucking, fuck. the royal family in who England. Who the fuck is Prince Harry? There you go. That's a good <laughs> question. That's an, I happen to know who he is, but that's what you should be saying. You know what? It sounds like a guy that needs a pair of, like, an electric razor or something for Christmas to me. <laughs> yeah, do you know anything about the, the British royal family, Josh? Yeah, this is like a classic, you guys are like America, fuck yeah, kind of situation to me. <laughs> because it's ac- it's actually funny, very timely that you're talking about this, I guess this is why it's happening. So my wife does all this, she does like some media stuff, like she's on the news for different things. Yeah. And she's actually going to be on a national news spot tomorrow night talking about that specific event. <laughs> Like I'm, she just told me to, like ten minutes before the podcast started. She came on and said, "Guess uh, what?" That and she loves. I don't care about Britain at all. I'm not sure. doesn't matter. But sure. she's actually her family comes from that part of the world. Like their lineage is British and stuff. So they, she's actually loves all that shit. Like she's obsessed so, with period pieces and really the prince and the whatever. And wow, I don't, I don't know. Well, I've been I've been to the UK three times in my life, and it's it always blows me away how. Like how much of a thing it is still over there, but what, uh, the country yeah. itself. Is what, that what what's you that? Mean? You're, you're, it surprises you how much the country itself is still a thing over there. Is that no, what? how much the royal family is. <laughs> like, still the, oh gosh, yeah. I, I was you like, know what I mean? Wait, yeah. what? Like, uh, yeah, just it's just still so ingrained in the society. Oh, no, I, over yeah, there. I know what you mean. No, I just thought that was funny. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> surprised that the, yeah. the Britain's even a place. I'm surprised it's a country still. <laughs> uh. <laughs> England is a joke. <laughs> um, oh my god! Is Canada still part uh, of the Commonwealth? This... You know, like how uh, Australia is still part of the what they call the Commonwealth, loosely part of the UK. Are you guys still part of that, uh, or do you not mm. know? I get the impression you have. No I don't idea. know. <laughs> no idea. Does I, your wife? I, I literally don't know. Sorry. Probably she's downstairs though. I can't I can't yell that loud from here. Gotcha. Well, I, I was just gonna ask: Does he need a straight razor or electric razor? Do you know? Does she know what kind <laughs> of razor he likes to take care of his his problem, hairy <laughs> <Very> problem? <laughs> <laughs> oh that my was god! A terrible Moving one. on. Shutting up for yeah, the next exactly. event and whatever. Well, shutting her down. Congratulations to Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. I don't. I'm yeah, sure. right. And, and what's her name? Meghan. Megan, who cares? Megan Harry. <laughs> what else you got, Drew? Megan Harry. This I did not know. I guess uh, Timberland had a little Ooh. pill addiction going on or something. Ooh. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, he says he's back. He's gonna make a comeback or something. But he's been gone for a while. Damn. But, um, Go back up to the the top there, please. The greatest producer of his generation got hooked on pills and almost lost it all. Now he's ready to return to the charts. Well, I want like opiates. I would imagine oxycons. I think. Yeah. That fuck that. Fucked over Ugh. a lot of people. Nah, that's that's tough. It's a huge, it's an ep- epidemic down here. Is it a thing up there, Josh? Do you know? Like, are, are uh, people... yeah, I mean, like opiates specifically. I don't know like anyone that's really pills. into that. Yeah. Like, I don't actually. That's a good question. I don't know because maybe the. I'm assuming. I don't know if the regulations are different here. If it's easier mm. or harder to get them, but right, it hasn't come up for me personally in my life. Like, I don't have any friends that are, you know, fell down that kind of route. Right. But other drugs for sure. But not like there are other drugs that are illegal drugs, not legal drugs they were using illegally. What What is sense. the drug? Sort of. I mean, I know it's a broad question, but what's sort of the the drug policy in Canada? Is it similar to here? 
Uh, like drug is in. I mean, like illegal. Uh, yeah, I mean, is it criminalized? Well, like, like it is here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's like obviously like pot's being kind of an ongoing changing thing. I know there's some places in the states that's legal now, like Colorado and and here I don't know where else, Oregon. but oh yeah, yeah, yep. okay, there that's you like go. Washington so do you guys? Well. Is it California? Is it legal recreationally there? It is now. Yep. Yep. Oh, crazy. Yeah, that's supposed to happen next year here. Um, it's not like you can't get is that countrywide possession of small amounts. Yeah, I think it. Uh, or just it's here. like it's already legal medically, but for recreational, I think they're doing. I think there's certain provinces that it's going to be at first. Uh, uh, I know some of like like okay. Al- Alberta, which is sort of more of like it's like the the province is like oil is its main export mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. They're a bit more a bit more redneck generally. Um, that they're like being pretty stingy, and there's lots of barriers being put up by government there to try and stop it from happening uh ontario and bc is obviously you know sure weed capital of canada yeah um you're in ontario right yeah so i'm on the east side i'm not on the east coast but i'm like i guess it's it's technically central canada yeah because you're right above detroit more or less aren't you yeah yeah, i'm northeast of detroit okay gotcha yeah gotcha um yeah so i think probably similar i don't think i'd assume just from that the the policies aren't as strict here, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, yeah. Luckily, I haven't had to find out. Gotcha. <laughs> well, back to Timblin. That's uh, that's crazy. I hope he gets better because, dude, he's one of the best. Oh yeah, for sure. Dude, he's put out some fucking shit. God damn, man. I mean, think of all the stuff he's been a part of. I know Andrew, you're a huge fan of that. Shit. Dude, that solo record. That it wasn't a solo record. It, fuck, what was it like? 2007, I want to say. Yeah, that one a... that had like JT and Ellie Furtado on. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Dude, I jammed that hard. That's what I'm saying. That, You're yeah. over there snickering at me, and now you know. <laughs> What's up? I dog? just laugh at your face is all I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm. I'm I stuck. just laugh yeah. at your face is all I'm doing. Is that what you said? That is. That's God a new Timbaland song. You haven't heard it yet. I just laugh at your face <laughs> is all I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, I forgot. Wait, go back up. Drew, uh, but he feels compelled to talk about his experience in the wake of deaths of Chris Cornell, a friend and collaborator. That's I forgot that he collaborated with Cornell. Yeah, they did. He did a solo record with him. That was a garbage record, wasn't it? <laughs> what he was off the opioid. It was pretty bad. Point. I don't think it worked. Yeah, I don't think it worked. <laughs> Do you remember that one, Josh? What record was it? The, I didn't miss that. Chris Cornell produced by Timberland. No. Yeah. I got to go listen to that immediately. <laughs> it was t- 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 terrible. Well, it probably yeah, happened before before the pill addiction then. Yeah. That's probably what happened. I'm a huge Soundgarden fan. Huge Chris terrible, Cornell fan in general. Terrible but. joke I just made. Uh, he did... He worked with Prince? I don't remember that. Yeah, I didn't hear... It's crazy. I don't think I'm he, not surprised, but I didn't know. Oh, yeah. Maybe he's just saying... Oh, no, it says no. So oh, you yeah. read it. Yeah, Prince, who was probably Timbaland's greatest music hero. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, and he's dead now. Quote, I came up from the era of drug dealers. He notes, now we're in the era of drug users. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's cool that he's, like, wow. open about it, though. Dude, I, I, mean, I didn't even know he had a problem. He just disappeared. Now he's right? back. And yeah, I was wondering what was going on, because he kind of just, like, yeah. wasn't yeah. producing much or... I mean, yeah. He, I guess he did like Beyonce's 2013 album, but it's a good that. it's a good reminder. I mean, no one's above it, you know. Like it can fucking happen to anybody, and especially with the prescription stuff, because it's not like if you go shoot heroin, you're making a like an active decision to go out, you know, on the fucking street, in the mean streets, and go buy 
smack and shoot it into your fucking arm. That is a huge choice. But if you break your leg or you get chronic back pain or yeah. nerve pain or what, like I, crazy dental work, and you're and a doctor, a white coat doctor is prescribing it to you, like there's a trust there, and you know it's a doctor they're giving it to you, so you fucking take it, and it just depends on your makeup. Yeah, but you could be addicted pretty easily. I mean, I'm I'm definitely a person of my work life. I'm a person of extremes. I'm not great with moderation. So actually, yeah. I had a really bad shoulder. I had a shoulder injury two years ago. I had a really really bad uh, like bicycling accident, mm. and uh, I had I think it was oxycontin. It was like the half uh, whatever Advil is, yeah, yeah. like a really high dosage of Advil mixed with ibuprofen. That. And I just I had to throw out half the bottle after because I, like, I can't have this around. Not that I would. No, I, I hear you. Know, you. Just like. I can't have those options. See, that's like cool just, that you could do that. I'm I'm the type of guy that probably couldn't even do that, you know. So okay, my wife might have thrown it out. Yeah. I didn't necessarily, but she told you she <laughs> threw it out, and then she's like partying the other side of the house. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If she was no, all of a sudden strange, a little but... chatty and a little euphoric, <laughs> <laughs> it's just but, in a really great that, mood. That stuff's so yeah, it's a slippery slope for sure with any of that stuff. Well, it sure is because like you know you take. And it starts out so slow. You take one Vicodin, and then that stops working, so you take two. And then before you know it, you're taking six in a day and drinking a couple yeah. beers on top. Next thing you know, you're doing a podcast every Wednesday. You're doing a podcast every Wednesday. <laughs> Started out slow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's move on. What else you got, AC? All right, Matt Lauer. Oh. He's been sacked from NBC. Oh, for no! Sex allegations. Another one. Another one bites to dust. Damn. Do you know who Matt Lauer is, Josh? Nah, don't know it. He's an NBC, uh, what what do you call that? Correspondent. Correspondent. Yeah, Yeah, he does the Today Show. He's been on TV for decades. Yeah, he's been on NBC doing news-related chairman shit for years. Chairman? That's not the right word. A- anchorman. Anchorman. <laughs> I read the word chairman. chairman. I like chairman. <laughs> yeah, it sounds fancier. It sounds like a yeah, post. exactly. It's pretty official. Yeah. <laughs> NBC says it has reason. Go back up. Drew. Oh, sorry. Reason to believe this may not have been an isolated incident. Jeez, and they just straight up fired him. Multiple huh? women. Everybody's Whoa. getting exposed. He's been there for twenty years. Yep. Why so many sexual harass? Wait, go. Sorry, sorry. Drew. Why so many sexual harassment cases in U.S., not U.K., question mark? Josh? <laughs> can you <laughs> chime in on that? Yeah, Josh. Do you, do you, so what do you make of all this, like, you know, all the crap that's going on down here with all the sexual misconduct? I think, I mean, I'm, I have a pretty, I guess, liberal view of, I think it's great that people are talking about it. Of course. I it, there's a lot of accusations fly, flying around now. It's pretty overwhelming because there's all these, you know, people like the, you guys write about the Louis C.K. thing, and yeah. then he actually admitted he had, what he said was, "I don't think it makes him a like it doesn't change what happened, but he reacted in a way that's at least sort of respectable." I still think he's an asshole now, sure. but you know, what yeah, I mean? we like no, we've talked about it here just, a lot. Yeah, pe- people are people are talking about that kind of stuff a lot more, and I think there's a really big. It's funny because. Me, like, my age, my generation, I feel like we're, we feel like, you know, there already are equal rights and, like, we haven't had to live through anything where people are really, in Canada at least, you know, mm. put down compared to other people. But then, there, fem, like, 
feminism and all that is misunderstood pretty often. Sure. People think it's about like women hating men and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think that whole conversation is really important. And I think it's great that there is this much news about that related stuff now because it's bringing a lot to the surface. Right. And sort of the conversation is finally going to where it's just about equal rights. It's not about yeah anything else. And yeah. like people make it out to be this whole no, crazy like gender battle. Right. When it's just like, no, women just want to get paid the same amount as men for the same jobs and be respected. Sure. It, it's like, it's like we've talked about here. It, it it originates from a good place. You know, it comes from a positive place. Is there a bit of a witch yeah, hunt now? Sure. But I, I think eventually things are going to even themselves out and things will fall exactly, in the right place. But these assholes can't continue yeah. to get away with this shit. Well, what, what boggles know? my Fuck mind em. is the fact that, like, in, like, in the, like movies and stuff, you, you see this kind of thing in dramas, you know, like men in power taking advantage of women trying to work their way up the ladder. But it's becoming, it's starting to look like that may not have been an exaggerated fiction. I know. It looks like it's that's yeah, a really good way to put. Yeah, it looks like it's, it's this like a is, real life movie. Yeah, and like, like and the Weinstein. Granted, shit? you know, like I'm still trying to yeah. work my way up some sort of ladder and whatnot, but. Like like in Hollywood and you know the the TV world especially, it's looking like this is this is kind of standard practice because like the whole yeah. the Weinstein thing, it was written into his contract. Did you hear about that? No, he was he was no. sexually harassing so many girls in various ways Ugh. that the like in his contract with the company, there they had to put in like a, a a paragraph or whatever saying like you can continue to do this, but every time you're fi- you're gonna get fined and it's gonna go up. So like the people knew it was happening, but it came out that it's wow. it's in his contract. If you would like to sexually harass and abuse women, you're okay to do that, but we're just gonna find you more each time. That's fucking nuts. It that's... was in his contract. Holy shit! That, that's that's crazy. standard practice. That is fucking like, nuts. That's, yeah, it, that's pretty fucked up. But it's also part of like oh, capitalist society, right? It's it's all about money. Yeah, and it's like it's just yeah. No, I agree. It's shitty. It is shitty, but I think ultimately you're right. It's good to see. I mean, I don't know. It, it all comes from a good place. I think the waterfall I think it's of people a lot of getting, yeah, the waterfall of people yeah. getting exposed now. Hopefully, it's even if like it could be a witch hunt on some of these. Sure, but the people that are doing it now are going to go. Oh shit! I better stop. That's right. <laughs> like, Fuck yeah, dude. That's, that's the good side of all. All yeah. scumbags take the, notice. Like, yeah, it's the you're on notice. The fact that four dudes are talking about this right now is like a huge deal. I think. Yep. You know. Yeah. I would have never. I know. Seven years ago, I would have never hung out with some buddies and talked about women's rights. Like, it just wouldn't be a thing <laughs> that I even thought was no, a problem because I'm a white guy and I don't know, right? Oh, especially. I mean, Andrew and I grew up. I mean, we're, we're all like we respected women we're good guys and everything but we we're fucking scumbags and like the shit some of the words derogatory words we used growing up we just didn't know any better we were fucking like monkey brains he was in butthead generation he was in butthead generation that's right we had different <laughs> different things on our mind I don't know but no it's, it's totally and like I sometimes I think yeah. about the UFC and how like grown ass men will sit around and get in a heated debate <laughs> about wh- who's the best female fighter. That would have never even entered my brain not that long ago, a handful of years ago. You no, know, Ronda Rousey is the best fighter. No, Misha Tate is the best. Like, like on the Rogan podcast, I mean, they're yelling at each other. <laughs> and it's grown fucking aggro alpha male dudes. Yeah, that division has grown. Right? It's gotten super popular. It's pretty and awesome. And who would have thought that the, the sport 
that took off for women would be fighting. <laughs> yeah, huge. Right? They're it's punching each other. Yeah, it is a good point. It's fucking rad. It's so cool. That's it's a good time to be alive. I mean, it's like you said, you you can't get away with this shit anymore, man. Well, I, it's an interesting point you just made. It's a good time to be alive. I feel like the the how do I word this? The older people in these you know industries like the Matt Lowers and stuff, yep. the Weinstein's, like mm-hmm. they they had a way of living, and right. that was normal. Right. And now their way is coming to an end. Our way is coming to fruition. Interesting. So it's like it's like the whole. I feel like there's a with the Trump thing and all the, it, we could go on and on and on. About is it kind of like the Goonies, happening. where it's like that's their time up there, it's our time down here. It's, well, it's like the, I, 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 it looks like at least to me, so, who's somebody who lives in a cave, like well, Josh <laughs> lives in a cave. It's called Canada, right? But oh, he, oh, 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 America, oh, America, America, but Canada. <laughs> But no, it looks anyway. It looks, looks like there's a huge Sorry, shift Josh. happening <laughs> to get back on track. <laughs> you know. So anyway. Sorry. Go ahead. Keep, keep no, that, that was no, that, it's our time. No, that it's was our time. Yeah, that was it's, it. I mean, like the the one way that society and industries have been ran, at least it looks like in the entertainment industry, yeah, have yeah. are starting to flip now. Yeah. Like the new generate, like the old generation's on its way out. The new Fuck one's about yeah. to come in. And Josh Bowman's going to be the leader of that industry. Yeah. Canada. <laughs> Up on the rise. I'm calling it. I'm Freedom. calling it. What is, what is today? November November 28th? November 29th. November 29th, 2017. Josh Bowman's going to be the leader of the free world. I love it. I love it. Oh, my God. That's a dangerous uh, thing for everybody. Well, if <laughs> it, all this... Yeah. Sh- Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, it's just, I was going to say, it's its crazy. Like, all this stuff stems from the change in technology and the internet and communication, right? We can all talk now in different parts of the world yep. and share views. And you're like, oh, there's, you know, there's like one guy in their town that thought maybe everyone should be treated the same, but yeah. the other hundred people didn't. Yeah. Now, like, I can talk to another million people, and also he's not alone. It's a real validated viewpoint. That's right. And, like, this whole thing is so new, right? I mean,. At one point in my childhood, I didn't have internet. Me too. And I had dial-up, and then the internet was a thing. That's right. You know? Yeah, we're like, yep. anyone, you know, my, my wife's little sister who's now in her mid-20s, like, she grew up with all that stuff and doesn't, like, it was just different. It's such yeah. a different thing. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Yeah. It's, well, I mean, it wasn't that it long ago. It shapes everything. Yeah, well, it's, it, G- no. Gary, you and I talk about Gary Vee all the fucking time. He's, he said it, too. Like, uh, Yeah, I, wa- I watch him a lot. Oh, do you? There you go. So, okay. All right, yeah, well, yeah, welcome yeah, to the fan. club. We're, we're, we talk about all the time, just yeah, the Gary mentality. V, Gary Vee makes that point all the time about all these fake CEOs on Instagram. They just put yeah. CEO before their name, and it's like social media, you know, all the bullshit's just getting exposed. Yep. You know, remember that analogy that he yeah. made? I'm doing a terrible job of bringing. No, it up. I, know, I know exactly what you're saying. But this is, but this, no, this know, sexual, I remember, yeah. yeah, this sexual allegation stuff is just an exaggerated form of that. He's he called it. Yep. All these people are getting exposed. Granted, they're not like putting dick pics on Instagram, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Like the, the internet, no, and social media, and everybody being connected. It's all just coming yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. It's you're absolutely right. You, you just can't get away with. I mean, you can't get away with lying. Like, you know, Rogan was always talking, Joe Rogan was always talking about people who would steal jokes, uh, uh, the, the fellow stand-up comedians that would go and, and plagiarize jokes. And historically in the yeah. past, if if you didn't happen to be at that same show and, and like spread it with your buddies, people could get away with it. Like, you just didn't yeah, know that someone sure. was stealing your jokes. But now, fucking YouTube exists, Twitter, Instagram, like, you can't get away with it. You can't get away with it, man. 
everything is recorded forever. Forever. And documented. Just like right yeah. now. Yeah, like I've tried to take <laughs> credit. Ever... I've tried to take credit for, for his mixes Me several too. times. And I, I can't, tried. I can't get away with it. <laughs> I don't anymore. even mix and I tried. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like, check out this new record I did. And like, you didn't do that. Josh yeah. Bowman did it. He, and I'm like, fuck. Josh Garlic <laughs> Bowman. Josh Garlic <laughs> Bowman. That's that should be it. That's my producer name. You got three names. Sorry, before before we came back on, I don't think we were recording, but we were talking about Bowman. Oh, yeah, Bowman's right. middle name. What is it again? <laughs> it's Garrick. Garrick. And he he told he us a, a weird story name. about how it, was it? Did you say it was garlic originally? <laughs> So uh, the story I was told as a kid was that grandpa or great grandpa was actually called Garlic and he proposed to his wife, but she wouldn't marry him until he changed his name. She didn't want to be Garlic. And he was in the Navy and got called Stinky. There you go. There's a story. I love that. Josh Stinky Bowman. That's the story. Josh Stinky Bowman. Dude, that's it. I mean, that's that's not false. You're stinky now. That's genius marketing. Are you kidding me? Americans like to nickname people, Josh. So we're going to call you Stinky. (laughs) You're Stinky from here on out. There's worse things. It could, it could be worse for sure. Oh yeah, glass half full kind of guy. That's right, dude. I guarantee you, everybody that listens to this podcast is not going to remember your name. They're just going to remember you as Stinky from Canada. Josh Stinky from Canada. <laughs> <laughs> and you're watch. We get off. We we haven't even released the podcast yet, and you're going to have a flood of work coming in for Stinky. Oh yeah, can Stinky yeah. mix my songs? <laughs> Oh my god! That's awesome. He's not even going to be on the next episode, but I'm just going to keep. I'm I'm making stinky stick. I, that, I like me too. It. I like that man. <laughs> That's awful. That's a terrible. Josh nickname. Stinky Bowman. Uh, all right, Andrew. What else you got for us? Holy what else is shit. going on in the world? So I guess uh. The Keystone Pipeline leaked some oil. Oh, that's last nice. week. <laughs> that's <Yeah>. fantastic. <laughs> and they're saying uh, uh, that thing that everyone said would happen that they said wouldn't happen happened like every exactly, time. That's right. Yeah. The, Josh, it says the the picture says. This aerial photo shows spills from Trans Canada Corp. Keystone Pipeline. Yeah. Oh, so it's Canada's fault. Blame Canada! <laughs> oh. Wait, this is in North South Dakota. It might be the God. pipeline company. Oh, wait, it's in, South Dak- wait. it's in South Dakota. It's in South Dakota, but it's a trans Canadian company. Does Canada do anything wrong? God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are an American company? No, it's a Can- it looks like it's. So what I'm gathering is it's a Canadian company. That contracted the workout to an American company to build it in That's South right. Dakota, but the American company fucked it up. Yeah, the incident. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It says the incident. Just build would, it right. <laughs> yeah, just build it right. God damn it! You see, just if you guys would have right, built it, it would have been better. Mm-hmm. Um, it says it spewed over two hundred thousand gallons of oil oh into fields near near Amherst, South Dakota. Not just oh fields, just, agricultural yeah, land. agricultural fields. Yeah. Substantial leaks uh, in the pipeline since operations began. Oh my good lord! Oh lordy, lordy, lord. I, yeah, that's that's crazy. I just I actually just watched a doc, like a documentary here, yeah. about one of the pipelines that's running through BC, mm-hmm. and uh, the whole documentary was like focusing on the native people that live there and how sure. they were really opposed to this pipeline. Like Epic Store is great. The What's picture, it called? The uh, I'll find out and I'll tell you. I can't remember okay, right cool. now. It was like a. Yeah, anyway, uh, the kicker was a couple days, I think it was two two days or something after they finished filming, the oil pipeline leaked and, like, caused this huge Fox. So thing. It's, so it's a pretty and standard a, thing, the, it sounds like. Like, they were making the documentary to combat this thing, and it happened within a week of the documentary get fin- wrapping filming. Oh. And it was, like, it took, like, I forget if it was days or weeks. It took a long time for them to actually react and clean up the oil, and it's this devastating thing that will, 
like basically wipe out a bunch of these native tribes that lived indigenously in these areas right because it their whole communities are based on things that involve the water and the you know wildlife and they all died right well, that whole british petroleum thing happened too remember that oh yeah that's right yeah, yeah the, the huge it was huge so it's not all our fault. yeah <laughs> that happened in louisiana <laughs> i feel like but it Definitely why is all American this happening company. in america because why is all this happening america. in america I don't know. i've never once heard of a of an oil God spill damn. in dubai we also have a way too many mm. people here oh wait j- he has apparently what's the population of canada like do you know how many people live in canada josh off the top of your head uh, i can i can check on the internet oh, oh it's uh that's what Andrew's i don't know doing. i don't know facts Andrew's doing it about oh my god i know 36 million 36.29 million as of 2016 so basically los Calif- angeles lives in canada that is crazy california california has 39 apparently <laughs> <laughs> get this josh isn't that crazy so i so i went to because get this i went to ireland about a year ago ish like a year and a half ago to go visit my aunt and cousins anyway i looked it up this gives you just perspective on how big america is not even just with population just big land mass wise the whole island of ireland is one third the size of oregon yeah (laughs) I'm going to say that again. I believe wow. the, that includes the Republic of Ireland and Northern Ireland, which is Belfast, all like the troubles and all of that terrorist turmoil and all that shit that went on, all that history, the music, the novels, all of that shit. One third the size of the state of Oregon. That like is Ameri- fucking crazy. That's crazy. So America crazy. could essentially just nuked the whole island and it would have been gone. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. about right. Yeah, I mean, no more terrorists. No more, no more terrorism. <laughs> yeah, Sorry, I'm just being a dick. Well, well, I, yeah, no, I, I hear you. He's racist against Irish people, apparently. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, thanks, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, like a lot, most of Canada's landmass, like it's, it, you can't live there, right? Because it's like, is that true? Like, it's a big country, but there's not a lot of like livable. Yeah, land. to me, I, I picture Canada as like a couple cities, a couple goofy French people. <laughs> couple dudes with fur hats and then like the tundra yeah that's all I, there's, there's no way that's accurate there no we're, we have cities and <laughs> not it i've never i've never seen a real igloo in my life i'm just kidding right, but, right. Uh, toronto by the way I, no no but I, I was telling the guys people, before the people, show that toronto looks fucking rad to me like i was just watching Toronto's a great city yeah it looks it, amazing it, it it's awesome i can go out i could see live music probably seven nights a week easily yeah it's, fantastic um definitely like the whole north half of canada is sort of what you described like it's there's like dog sleds and really all that for real yeah yeah well, it's actually like that yeah i've that, never been there that's the point i was getting at I've never it's like it's a, it's a big land mass but I, yeah there's a lot of land up there that so it's like australia almost yeah we're like most like, of the continent you can't live on yeah because because i Not think land mass wise like isn't it is it bigger than the u.s like it's an actual nothing you know, is bigger than the u.s josh <laughs> take that back <laughs> how Christ. dare you i don't know i'm just i'm looking at the map right now and it looks like it might be bigger i, I think or it's the bigger. same at least i think it, it is bigger. i think it is it's really big but Nothing's there's a lot of russia though. forests that's true russia wins yeah russia is like i don't remember they're tough yeah. and it's, you know anyway to get back scary. on track I, f- I feel like that's why their population <laughs> is so low <laughs> it's yeah. because there's not a lot there's of livable no land options mass. For yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. 
That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Like, coming from Vancouver, the city center of Vancouver, like, the downtown part is it's not a peninsula. Like, there is, it's connected to other land, but it's bridge access three of the four ways. Gotcha. And it's probably, you could you can walk from one side to the other, of the core, I'm talking like the downtown core, probably in an in under an hour and a half, you could walk across it. Whoa. Maybe two hours. Okay. Like, in Toronto, I, c- I can walk for two hours east on the city, on the street we live on, and I'd still just be walking past shops and restaurants right and it's a things like it's big city. it's infinitely bigger yeah i mean it looks like like skyscrapers and fucking i mean it looks like a mini new york it's a it's huge yeah it's a big it's a big city and the sprawl is huge like there's not really you can drive for really a long time you know either way and still be going through you know smaller cities and things and no yeah, it's huge when you come down to the u.s do you I mean, this is probably a stupid question, but I mean, do you really feel like you're in a different country? Do you really notice it the way that you might if you go to Europe or some other country? If feel it depends on where you go. Portland, not so much. Right. Portland feels really homey. It was actually the the best experience I've had traveling pretty much ever. I just we had several we were walking around drunk, like trying to find this. There's there's a a bar there that has old arcade games and stuff. Oh yeah, and, like, yeah. Cheap beer. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we we're I forget what's called. called. And they have like hot dogs and stuff. Like it's a total Drew, 90s what's that kind of vibe. Place called? From where? The arcade bar in Portland. Ground control? Ground control. Ground control. It must be ground control. Yeah, yeah. So we were trying to find ground control yep. and like two or three different people stopped to ask us if we needed help. Like when we were drunkenly walking around, like me and Jess, trying to find it at midnight or one in the morning. I've never had that. Like Nobody ever, ever we're, asked we're me Canadian. if I need help. We, we have the air of, of, of friendliness. Yes. Like okay. oh, we're not threatening. No, you're <laughs> absolutely right. Portland is one of the friendliest cities in America for sure. But yeah, so I notice I notice a big difference going most other places. Again, L.A. Nah, yeah, you can tell you're in L.A. when you're in L.A. Yeah, it's but just, everyone. I mean, I can tell I'm in L.A. when I'm in L.A. Drew, yeah, Drew, it's just a different one. thing, That's right? A, interesting. I mean, America is so yeah. big and so vastly different that, like, you know, we have yeah. l- almost nothing in common with people that live in Louisiana. We'll say. Right? Yeah, exactly. It's all these different kind of. Yeah, they're like yeah, mini countries sure. within. A Dude, country. When I lived in North Carolina, I, I looked. I, everybody looked yeah. at me like I was a foreigner. Yeah, you always talk about that. Yeah, yeah. it's like I mean, it's, it is a Weird. different country. It might as yeah. well be. Josh, did you know that Canada consumes more macaroni and cheese than any other nation in the world? There you go. That that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Why does that make sense? It's kind of a big thing. Do there's explain. like there's macaroni and cheese like restaurants. There's not a lot, but what? there's a couple in Toronto that are just like mac and cheese. That sounds awesome. I will say I'm a huge fan of poutine. It's really, yeah, dude. Oh man, poutine's so good. Yeah. That, is that the fry, like the fries fry? and gravy and it's like Kermit got me into cheese. that shit. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 good. They have there's like a chain here called I think Smokes Poutine. It's just like you can get poutine with like uh, was it like Indian like uh, like butter chicken poutine. You can get like like uh, pulled pork poutine. Ooh. Oh, it's so good. Damn. Um, Andrew is looking up Canada <laughs> facts right now, Josh. That's the macaroni thing. Yeah. The first fact says, the first Canadian casualties of the Afghanistan war were from an American pilot bombing <laughs> a training exercise. <laughs> God oh damn my it. God. <laughs> Go to the next one, Just Drew. play nice. Just be friends. Yeah, just be nice. We're trying to help. And then it said, listen to this one, Josh. License plates in the Canadian Northwest Territories are shaped like polar, polar bears. Is that true? That's adorable. Shaped like polar bears. Yeah, yeah. I, I've never been there. It's one of those places I've probably I won't never go. But that is amazing. 
There's, so there's like polar bears there. dog sled territory. Yeah, it's like do- people actually ride around on dog sleds and snowmobiles and stuff. Right. God damn. That's that's badass. Yeah. It's like Game of Thrones or some shit. <laughs> he's probably looking. He's in his in his head right now. He's probably like these motherfucking idiots. Yeah, these fucking. <laughs> Dude, I don't. No, blame I, him. I'm like I should probably go check it out. That sounds really interesting. Yeah, I should probably go check out that part of the country. It sounds amazing. I still have yet to go to Canada. Totally. I need to go. In 2010, a Canadian man rescued a newborn baby from a dumpster, only to find out he was the father. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's a Canadian fact. How <laughs> was that related to Canada? I laughed That's so just hard. a thing Ooh, that happened in the world. I just laughed so hard my headphones fell off. Only to what, find what out. What website are you guys going to? What is what website is this? <laughs> Canada Factslides.com. Fact Shit that Andrew finds blows my mind. Can we look up the American That's ones amazing. to see how accurate these things actually are? <laughs> Canada has the largest coastline in the world. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Every Christmas, that. one million letters are addressed to Santa Claus at his own postal codes. Oh, wait, fuck off. Ho, 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 North Pole. Can- Is there a North Pole in Canada? Josh, do you know that? Mm, no, I don't know that. Okay. I, I know when I was a kid, I wrote a letter to Santa at the North Pole, though, because it was a thing that we were told to do before we didn't know Santa was not a thing. I think oh, I yeah. did that once. Yeah, yeah I, did that. I think I did that too. All right, enough enough yeah, shit about enough. Canada. <laughs> enough shit talking about Canada. Do you have Canada. any other current events, Drew, that you want to bring up? Yeah, the disaster artist. <laughs> you know that movie, uh, James Franco, and, you know. Yes. Yeah, it just uh, started premiering. Oh, it's out or now? It hasn't premiered, but it's like doing like select like showings. They had uh, this weekend out in Portland. Or really? here in Portland. Right? Awesome. Yeah, and uh, Tommy Wisu or whatever his name is, he was there for the Who? showings. The guy that you know, Tommy. Oh, the guy from the room. Yeah, he, yeah, he's been there. Really, for, like, the last three showings in Portland. So or he's like embracing it and getting into it. Oh, for sure. Oh, course. that's great. That's awesome because I couldn't tell. Like, oh, I'm sure they were. Yeah. In, well, on the way over here, I was listening sure. to the newest Nerdist podcast, and Seth Rogen is the. Oh, yeah, that's guest, right. Yeah, I want to listen to that. Josh, do you know what we're talking about? The disaster artist. Yeah. The movie. Yeah. So you, you know about? I don't the know movie. the movie. I know all the people. Oh, uh, okay. So they they made I a movie. I just missed the title about the making of the room. Do you know what, oh, okay. that that crazy movie called The Room? It's <laughs> it's it's said to be one of the worst movies ever made, but people also think it's like the funniest movie ever made. <laughs> Huge cult following. It's like a, yeah, like a yeah, yeah, exactly. Dude, That's what I was gonna say. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. It. I've been told to see it, and I forgot about it until now. So I'll check it out. Fucking believable. I mean. There's just no way to explain that movie. You have to go watch it. One of our friends, Stefan, he's a producer here in Portland. He used to have that movie just like on a loop in his studio. You'd show up to go work with him and it was just always on. He, I mean, That's he knew amazing. like every word. It, it's it's so crazy. Like, who the fuck is that guy? Exactly. That's why. Right? Yeah, we need more. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to watch it. Yeah, I can't wait to see this. Yeah, it, it sounds like it's it's been doing really well. That's fucking rad. <laughs> Look at him. He Jesus. looks just like him. <laughs> James Franco plays him. That is all right. awesome. All right, what else you got, Drew? That's all I got. That's all you got? Yeah, pretty much. Cool, cool. Um, what you got on the, the clocky, clockety, clock, clock? I didn't need to say that so many times. <laughs> <Clockety. It's> a- <laughs> All right, well, we got time for James a f- is stroking out. A few more. <laughs> 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 
Josh, we have a new segment on the Stateside Podcast that I have called All right. Rapid Fire Questions with Josh Bowman. Oh, great. Canadian edition. Canadian edition. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. So here I will ask you 10 questions. The idea here, right. it's either going to be like this or that, or I'm just going to ask you a flat question. And the idea is, yeah. is rapid. That's why it's called. Oh, sorry. R- rapid questions. Rapid fire questions. Canadian edition. <laughs> there you go. It's zoned out. Sorry. Neil's, <laughs> shooting up. Neil's shooting up in the corner. Sorry, Josh. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Oh, shit. What? What, what are we talking about? What, what? Uh, so don't overthink it. It's got to be fast. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because it's called? God, it, rapid Canadian edition questions. <laughs> Rapping Canadian edition. Rap, Rapping present rap Canadian. Wait, what? No. Rapid fire questions. All right, Josh, you ready? Yep. Okay. Spielberg or Tarantino? Tarantino. Good man. Favorite sport? I don't watch any sports. Oh. Well, just choose one. Yeah, like a- five. Four, okay, fine. three. I guess hockey because oh, I'm here. God damn, I knew you would. I'll get banned. I'll get banned. Yeah, you're Canadians <laughs> will back. fucking murder. Is that that's a real thing there, right? Like it's just straight oh, it's up hockey. Everyone I'd growing up, yeah, it's yeah, hockey's the thing. I mean, do you guys even talk about other? Like, do you talk about any American sports? Tr- uh, I mean, I know people that are really into NFL, like in football. Oh, okay, we have a league. We we have the CFL. So oh, that's, that's right. Good, probably. You know, the Rock used to play um, in the CFL. True story. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. Holy shit! That's I didn't know. That's amazing. Yeah, very briefly. Uh, actually, uh, soccer is also in Toronto. Soccer is pretty big, just because there's a really big population of like Portuguese and like other people that you know. Neil's a big soccer guy. Football, you know that Neil, Neil played in the Olympics in Australia in soccer. Is that that's true, right? The U11 team. The, yeah, the like the junior. Ten years old when he was ten, yeah. he went to Australia to play. Crazy. We yeah. took last place. <laughs> but he, he was all about it. Well, uh, still, yeah, I know. Crazy it's, though, right? You know, yeah. Out of how many people? That's that's crazy. I, I mean, the Olympics. Yeah. The, yeah, the world. Last place. Then there's the Toronto Blue Jays. Yes. That's the one baseball team. Oh, baseball! Baseball is huge. Baseball really? and basketball are huge here. Oh, I forgot wow. about both of those. Shit, I didn't. Yeah, because we have the Raptors. <laughs> yeah, Raptors too. Right. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Toronto. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, it's actually we went. And we saw Raptors when we first got here. It was actually awesome. It was like a huge. It's a big show. Like you go and it's just like. Lights and yeah. dancers and no fucking shit. epic stage stuff. Fuck yeah, man. Yeah, no, base, baseball's huge. People love baseball here. That's This is why I didn't Raptors have an answer because I don't basketball, <laughs> yeah. right? Raptors is basketball, yes. Yeah, no. baseball is. Yeah, Raptors blue is basketball. Jays. Blue Jays is baseball. Gotcha. Yep. Yep. We have a soccer team, but no one really talks about it. We went and saw a game the other day. It was okay. Yeah. It's not really my cup of tea. Although, I the people that I know that like soccer. Like I find it, it's a yeah, it's a romantic thing, and I want to, I want to get into it. So Neil, maybe you can help me with that. I'll jerk you off all. Well, day I just long. meant like specifically the the TFC, like the Toronto Football Club, is awful. Apparently, or not awful, but they're not, you know, gotcha. The best. What's right. the What's the Major League <laughs> Soccer team that you guys have up there? T- TFC, I think Toronto. You, the, what's the Vancouver one? Vancouver Whitecaps. Mm. Fuck. Yeah, Whitecaps. Yeah, that's Portland's rival. Really? Yeah. The one Portland. of them. Uh, yeah, Seattle yeah. and and them. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, Makes sense. Ba- back to I'll try and- back to the rapid fire. Okay, Josh. Yeah, that wasn't rapid at all. No, that wasn't rapid. That was like <laughs> that was so slow. Sorry. I'll try to be rapid. Th- that's okay. All right. Uh, gun to your head. Favorite movie? 
office space? Good goddamn good answer. Fuck. Dude, we are. Dude, you're, you're my soulmate <laughs> it's just, now. It's so good. It's so good. It's just so good. good. TPS reports. Somebody's got a case of the Mondays. Yeah, just so many. Dude, it's, it's one of yeah. the best movies ever made. That's so funny because, like, people that... I'm always surprised how many people don't know about that movie. It blows me it's, away. It's one of the only VHS tapes I owned me too. as a teenager. Me too. <laughs> I still yeah, love I had, it. Yeah, I had that. I had... I had Donnie Darko. Yeah, well, I was really into that. Yeah, love Donnie Darko. Uh, what was the Fight Fight Club? Oh yeah, was awesome. You're, you're, that's my wheelhouse, Those, man. Yeah, I had like those, and then like Smashing Pumpkins live VHS tapes, <laughs> right. and that was really all I. Right, had. I have like a Rage Against Machine <laughs> VHS or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, back to the rapid fire. Yeah, city or country? What does that even mean? The city or the country? <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I thought you meant... Okay. Do you prefer uh, the city, city or the country? Jesus, guys. Yeah, ci- city. <laughs> What'd you say? City. City. <laughs> All right. Favorite podcast? Stateside. Yes. Good answer. Good. Toronto or Vancouver? Oh, right in the, right in the heart. <laughs> I knew I'd get you there. I, I like... Tr- if you don't count the people in the city, I like Toronto more. But all the people I like, Isn't my family's in Vancouver, city? so. All right. One could argue the people no. make the city. Neil just nah. likes to be a contrarian and argue with people. Don't, don't think. Don't, <laughs> just don't entertain him. <laughs> all right. Favorite, <laughs> favorite, favorite uh, alcohol-based drink. Uh, bourbon. Mm. Old fashioned. Classy. Like those. Yeah, old fashioned. I just had one last night, so it was top top of mind. What kind of bourbon did you use for that? Uh, last night I was at a bar. I don't know what they used, but tonight I was drinking, um, I think it was Bullet. Is that how you say it? Bullet? Bullet. Bullet, yeah. Whatever. Kentucky bourbon. Yeah, Bullet. Fuck yeah. You know that's what makes it I bourbon. like Buffalo. I think Buffalo Trace might be my favorite. Yeah, that's what Neil likes. That's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Delish. All right. Uh, I can't even read my own handwriting. Oh, if you could <laughs> live, if you could live in any time. Like any era, what would it be? The future. Future. Okay, good answer. Future. I always say the past. Uh, here's a very important one, and this defines who you are, and I'm going to judge you heavily by it. So no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> Star Wars or Star Trek? Oh, God. Oh, I, I don't think you're going to agree with me, though. There's no way I'm going to. I like Star Trek. God damn it. I know. That's what I figured. <laughs> Delete. No, I'm just kidding. Really? I I don't get. I thought you. Were I so never got into Star Wars. Like I just don't get it. See, that's how I feel about I Star Trek. I don't care Trek. about Star Wars. Sorry. Uh, Star yeah. Trek is the equivalent I, I, to Pepsi to me. It's just I watched it growing up with my dad. He used to love like really old Star Trek, and so it was one of something we did together when I was like 12 uh, or 13. Gotcha. So it's totally just like a fair enough. You know. Yeah, yeah. Also, I mean, I'm a huge nerd and love. I love science fiction, and yeah. it's more. It's a bit nerdier, right? Do you like Battlestar Galactica? Uh, I didn't get super new, but I don't. The, I've seen it. The I new one. It's the kind of stuff I would one. like. Yeah, I think you'd like it if you like Star Trek. All right, here's the last, yeah, yeah, the like last that, question of I rapid fire too, with Josh Bowman. I have a rapid fire one. Oh, apparently Neil has one. So we'll have eleven for mm-hmm. you. Coffee or tea? Coffee, good man. What do you got, Neil? Cream or sugar? Well, I got Jesus. two now. Cream or sugar, or neither? Uh, neither. Good. Black. All right, we are good the man. same person. Good man. All right, here's a geeky one. You ready? <laughs> ready for the geeky one? Yeah. Amph- Sorry, I can't hear you. You ready for a geeky one? Yeah. Amphion or barefoot? 
Amphion for sure. Yes. All right. We can be friends. Barefoots. Yeah. All right. Uh, I could talk about that for another three hours. Yeah. That was rapid fire. <laughs> rapid fire question with Josh Moan. Good Yay. job, everyone. Clap, Neil. I, Clap. I am inside. Clap. There we go. There we go. <laughs> we made it through rapid fire. That was Amazing. heavy. All right. Well, let's wrap this motherfucker up. Um, we're right about there. Thanks for being on, Josh. We appreciate it. Yeah. That was awesome. I had a good time. Yeah, man. We'll have to do it again. And like I, I tell all the guys, you don't really have an option. You have to be on the show. <laughs> it's just Welcome to North Korea's podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> With your dictator, James Uh Where can they find you, Josh? You can find me in Toronto. You can find me on the internet at uh, Instagram, Josh G. Bowman, uh, Facebook.com slash Bowman Sound, YouTube.com slash Bowman Sound, stateSideMGMT.com slash Josh. Just go there, and then there's like only six guys, yeah, so if you can't six. figure it out, don't call me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and don't forget to Google Stinky. Yeah, the... AKA oh, yeah. Josh Google stinky. Stinky Bo- stinkybowman.com. Stinkybowman.com. <laughs> you should get that domain. As soon domain as we're name. done, I'm going to grab that domain exactly. just in case. Uh, I mean, where, you know, if that's... where can they find you, Neil? Uh, Neilio Engel on Instagram. N-E-I-L-I-O-E-N-G-L-E. I just had a brain fart. That was weird. Where can uh, they find you, Andrew? <laughs> Don't mind if I drew Instagram, a.k.a. Sleepyfuck. Love it. And Andrew is a talented musician, Josh. He plays drums and he does a, a electronic project called Sleepy Fuck. Highly recommend checking out. <laughs> <laughs> Love the name's amazing. Yeah, maybe you said I'll you want to do electronic out. stuff. Maybe you could work with him. Someday. Did I tell? I didn't tell you. I started a band. <laughs> no, it's called Stinky Fuck. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> Andrew's like, what Stinky the fuck, fuck. Neil? <laughs> That's what? a little close. I like it. I'm a what, fan. What do you play? What are my options? Uh, whatever you want to play. I was thinking you you could be the uh, is that what you asked me what you would play, right? Guitar, like whoopee cushion. Yeah, what what instrument? I don't know. I, I was thinking you could do part of the the live show like the pyrotechnics. Only instead of lights, it would be <laughs> smells. <laughs> do you say the whoopee cushion, Josh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, you play the whoopee cushion yeah. or like fake fart. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, you can find me at James Ian Macmillan or at Stateside MGMT on Instagram. Uh, the website is statesidemgmt.com. And that's just about it for this week. Um, check in for next week. We have some amazing stuff going on this whole month. Pretty busy. Ryan Lewis will be hopping in. So you'll finally get to hang out with him. Good. Neil, yeah. Finally, I miss that guy. Yep. Uh, sounds like Duncan, Mike Milford. Excellent. That'll be one. Mike Milford. Um, uh, what's his Drawing a Modern Empire. Thank you. Thank yep. You. Management and the what have yous. Yeah. And uh, yeah, thanks again, Josh. We appreciate it, man. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me on. All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys, and we'll catch you on the next one. Bye bye. Bye bye. Yeah.